0: Are you ready to record? You're ready to do this.
1: Yes. So do you want to start? Hey, welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny. Johnny, what's going on?
0: Oh, you know, not much, Tyler. Just uh, enjoying <sighs> this weekend. Uh, do anything fun? Uh, no, I was like finishing up my wife's library because I she didn't want an office anymore. She wanted a library. And then I had to do construction, tear out shelves, and then make trips to Ikea and build Billy bookcases and then do all this other crap. And it's been a nightmare and then replace Hue lights and all this other garbage. It's been great. It's been fantastic. Really? Actually the best.
1: Uh, I mean, that does sound like a construction project, but I'm, I'm intrigued on the fact that you are building a room called the library in your house. And yep. there's a little bit of like pot calling kettle black here. Cause I have like a pinball room and a game room. I clearly have like complete excess rooms in my house. But this is going to be a room just dedicated to books and maybe like a chair and a table for tea.
0: That man, you really fucking nailed it. That is is 100% what it is. There's also a TV in there, but there is a, a wingback chair and an ottoman, a little accent table to hold a book and a cup of tea that looks at the TV, which swivels and then just wall to wall shelving around her. That's my wife's office, and you know, colorful lighting because why not?
1: Sure, I mean that sounds that sounds pretty great.
0: Yeah, she used to have a desk in there, but she was like, "I never work on there. All I want to do is like when I work, use my iPad, which has like a folio, so I can just put that in my lap or bring in a tray table if I need it." She's like, "My desk just collects junk. I just want a library," so that's what we did.
1: All right, that that yeah, sounds
0: she, like so much fun, Johnny. It's it's nice. Like I'm, like. Low key, it, it's like pretty nice in there. The chair, which I'm not usually a wingback guy, but this, this thing was like pretty comfortable. I was like sitting in there and she's got um I got her these two home pods that I had, like full size ones, and they do like 3D sound like so it'll like tell you where like it'll it acts like um a home theater system by just having the two home pods and it has directional capabilities. It's pretty wild. So you just sit in there. It sounds really good because the room is kind of put off to the side and it's cold. And because of all the books, it's now like a pretty well soundproofed room. And she's got like a big rug now. So it's not like because normally our house is just wooden floors uh, or tile. So sound like bounces really bad. Sure. And there, sound is really good now. And it's the darkest room in the house. So it's like dark and cool, has a TV, cool lighting, good sound i'm a little jealous it's better than what i've got going on i think except i got all the cool games
1: i mean I, i'm in is the wingback chair for for the ambiance it's like yeah this is a is a classy chair for a classy room full of books is. full of knowledge you know yeah uh yeah if i'm reading a book if i'm not doing it in bed i usually go up to the game room because that's the one place in the house i have a recliner and I would say it's the opposite of a relaxing library because my game room is a huge fucking mess. So I don't think it's uh it's super relaxing to be around stacks of games while I'm reading books. But uh, library sounds nice. Wish I had a room in the house I could dedicate to it. But every square inch of this house that is not uh for something that makes living important uh, is probably a shelf of games here.
0: You know what's nice is like she got like rid of all of her knickknacks and two, So there's not like tchotchkes all around. So it's just. It's literally Ooh. just books. It's all like clean.
1: Ooh, Carly is anti Chucky. She got like she used all to have th- pops and. Does that make she all used three to have of anti Chucky? Took them down.
0: Yeah, like she's got her one like Lego castle, and that's it though. So, and that's like on a shelf, framed up like away, so it's not out. Nothing is like protruding into the room. It, I'll send you some pictures. It's nice.
1: All right. You know, I just bought some pins. Um, they're like some Super Smash Brothers pins from an event. And I just like, I feel bad about it. Because I don't like... Wait, wait buy...
0: hold on. What? you di- Why?
1: I know. I don't like this shit. But like, I saw them and they were like a pretty fair price for what they are. And I'm just like, yeah, what? Maybe I could put these pins somewhere. And now I'm just going to have these what? pins. And they're either going to be awkwardly sitting on a shelf in front of something that I actually care about. Or worst case scenario, I'm going to throw them into a bin and they're fucking pins and I'm going to rediscover them in 25 years and be like.
0: That's exactly huh. what's happening. <laughs> I know. I, that, that, what God. You, man, I have some pins. I, I know you're paying because I have some. And th- there's just like I have a box of random stuff and I don't know what it was. I think it was a GameStop giveaway. But like I've got uh, Rue, uh, like the headband, like a Street Fighter headband from Street Fighter 4. And then some like other random pins and like the Nintendo magnets and stuff just a box of like WTF what is this stuff? Why do I own it?
1: It's it's why it's part of why I hate collector's editions that put in this kind of crap as a bonus because you know I could see the appeal maybe if I'm like a high school kid and I could put a video game pin on my backpack as if that makes me cool. Uh, I guess that's a use for it. But otherwise, it's just like, what am I going to do with a pin? And here I am, and I went and I bought four pins.
0: I cannot <laughs> believe that is, that is the is wildest so thing I've heard this of week. of
1: what I'm normally buying. It was it, uh, whatever, however I found it, it must have been a save search, and this was like something that hit the save search, but clearly wasn't what I was looking for. And I'm like, oh, those are kind of cool and pretty cheap, and they're, my goals go out the window when I see something cheap and interesting.
0: I, I can't even... Hear- <laughs> I'm literally dumbfounded. That I you know. I'm like pins. the last just, person
1: who does this stuff.
0: I don't I even buy so hardware. Confused. I don't
1: like accessories. I don't like consoles.
0: Ugh. I mean, I'm pretty minimalistic when it comes to the extra stuff, and you're more minimalistic than I am. So I just cannot even... I can't understand. Anyways, <laughs> we, we've gone on too long about these pins, but holy shit, weird.
1: Let's talk about something that is very normal for me, and I do love collecting, Johnny. Oh, yeah? Uh, the Sega CD. I'm going to call it my second favorite console to collect. It's uh, a good one.
0: I, I'm I'm gonna, not, I, I am going to say,
1: it. I'm going to preface this and say, like, 50% of it is because I think the blue cases just look so good.
0: They do look so good. But you know the problem with the Sega CD system, like, collecting it, is the inconsistency in the set. But we, we'll get into that. Like, the just the blue cases... Like, they look so good. They look better than the white Saturn ones when they're all lined up. But then you get the stupid cardboard boxes and the 32X ones. Anyways, uh, what we're doing today for all of you, we actually ran a vote on our Patreon. And, you know, we gave some consoles that we were going to do So You Want to Collect for. And this is the So You Want to Collect for the Sega CD. And I really thought GameCube was going to win. Like, people have been hot and bothered about GameCube. It's been a front runner. Nobody is talking about Sega CD. Lo and behold, Sega CD one. I, I was astonished. Were you astonished?
1: I, I'm, I'm almost maybe don't mention this because I'm almost sure that most people listening to this would prefer an episode on GameCube.
0: I well, I mean we're going to get to that one too. It's on the list of things to do. And I was just like, all right, you know, I want to like be more interactive with our patrons and like make them have a say, and then they pick Sega CD. I would cool. wow. I mean, I love Sega CD, but I didn't expect it to be kit- uh, picked. I'm I'm happy it was. I'm I'm excited to do this episode.
1: All right. Do we want to get into what the Sega CD is, Johnny?
0: Yeah. Why don't Why don't you tell me what the Sega CD is? It's just a Genesis add on, right?
1: i What are you coming at me with this accusation? I feel like you're accusing me already. Uh, <laughs> that the Sega CD doesn't count as a real console because it's just an add on. Um, I just
0: I just like to put that out as food for thought. I, I think it's its own thing, but I think if you were looking at something holistically, you could include it with Genesis stuff.
1: Okay, I it has been a while since I read the book. Console Wars is the one about uh, uh, was it Tom Kalinske? What's the Kalinske yep. guys? Yeah. So that that goes over like specific motivations behind things like the Sega CD and 32X. I feel like the Sega CD was a relatively well intentioned product that not only extended the lifespan of the genesis but brought it into the dumb fad multimedia age and regardless of the software it got i think it was a smart idea i think it's a cool thing it only sold like two million units so in the world of video game hardware it was not a successful and popular thing but it's a cool sega genesis add-on and there are some people i feel like who might Lump it in with the 32X as a pointless thing that didn't need to exist. I think the 32X is very clearly a pointless piece of garbage that did not need to exist and should have just been the Sega Saturn, essentially. Um, but I'm I'm pro Sega CD. Cool add-on that lets the Genesis play CD games.
0: So my, my only problem with Sega CD is that we all know, like, if you know the history, it helped. They too, Sega also screwed Sony, as did Nintendo, which led to the rise of the PlayStation um, so you can either be thankful for that or not, but they went with like a worse maker and kind of a worse model, but they really wanted to capitalize on that FMV. I'm happy the Sega CD exists. I remember when I was a kid, my friend had it, and I was so excited to play Star Wars. Like just Rebel Assault on that. I was so like I was ready. I was ready for it. And he had the 32X, he just had the whole jumble, and I was just like, this is amazing. I like, and then we had to figure out how to hook it up and what a pain in the ass that was <laughs> to get it all running together. Cause you need, you need so many wires and so many plugs, but uh, yeah, Sega CD is a neat system. Uh, if you have, if, if you haven't looked at the logo, I'm just throwing this out there. The Sega CD logo is really cool. It's like, it says Sega in, in like in a black box or a rectangle and Sega is in gray, but then the CD is in like a, a silver panel. And the C and the D the C and the D make what looks like a a CD disc. So if you look at that, the right angle, looks like a disc. I thought, I just think as far as logo design, it was really cool.
1: Super good. Way better than the Mega CD logo.
0: Yes. Um, So let's, uh, shall we get into like when it came out and stuff?
1: Sure. I just want to also say, uh, unsurprisingly, like most dumb gimmicks we're gonna call sega cd a dumb gimmick for the sake of argument here uh the games that utilize the sega cd stuff the best are the ones that barely utilized any of its functionality at all so uh when i think of a good sega cd game and i think of sonic cd or lunar or popful mail it's generally just a good sega genesis game with cd audio and everything that tried to do more than that was probably a stupid dumb gimmick similar to how the wii the games that were best on the Wii are the ones that barely use the Wiimote po- uh, pointer functionality. I
0: can I can get behind that. There was some Genesis games that were released on the system that they added some sound improvements to, that, which was kind of nice, but wasn't entirely necessary. That was more, I think, of, uh, hey, let's capitalize on something that's easy to make real quick.
1: I mean, it could be that. But also, uh, I mean, when you say that, the one that comes to mind immediately is NHL 94, since I think... I think the consensus is the Sega CD version is the best version. Maybe there's some weird SNES diehards for some reason. But, like, if you were going to buy that and you had a Sega CD, why would you buy the Genesis version when you could buy the Sega CD version? Plus, it makes you feel good. Like, it feels like your Sega CD is doing something, even if it's barely doing anything.
0: Well, I mean, if I had both systems and the game came out, I would definitely pick the Sega CD version. Like, if I was a kid in that time era. Like, if you're like, hey, let's get Radical Rex. You can get it on the Genesis. Or the Sega CD? I'm like, I'm picking the Sega CD. Or Pitfall, I'm definitely getting the CD version, because that's going to be cooler. Also, its CDs were new and cool at the time. Like, man, a CD? That's What is this thing? It's so, it's so small and flat, and it holds all this information more than a Genesis cartridge? How does it do that? I mean, mm-hmm. especially if you didn't really have computers and not everybody. Computers weren't in every home back then, so... It's 1992 and you've got a Sega CD. Man, that that just feels like the future.
1: I miss the multimedia era a whole lot. I would say my favorite era of computers is getting a disk. Like, I don't know, like Microsoft Encarta. And it's just like it's not a program designed to give you information in the most efficient way like Wikipedia is. It's like an adventure of going through pictures and videos of information. It's just like this whole unique thing. It's like a it's a way of designing software that I feel like doesn't exist anymore because people would be like this UI is insanity. Why would anyone want a UI like this? But because it was part like that design insanity only existed for like 10 years maybe. I miss it.
0: I understand that.
1: Um all right, Johnny. Uh, do we want to get into how many games are on the Sega CD?
0: Well, no. We got to talk about what, like, when it came out and stuff.
1: When did when it, it come was? out, Johnny? Uh, I'm gonna say 1991. Nope, 92. I'm wrong. <laughs> in
0: Japan, 92. It was. 91 in Japan, but like at the very, it came out in December as the Mega CD in 1991. Uh, October 15th, 1992 for North America, and not not all the way until April of '93 for Europe. So sorry, pal, people.
1: I mean, I feel like we were on a delay from Japan the same way Europe is on a delay from North American releases, so they were probably behind on everything else, and they were just kind of used to it.
0: Probably. I mean, I- I'm glad those delays are becoming shorter and, like, less relevant, but, man, ba- is ba- back Is Europe still then, delayed on stuff? I, sometimes.
1: Weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, it- it's, it's ridiculous. But now, like, sometimes Europe gets stuff before us, and that's cool, too. I- I'm for that.
1: You're for that? You're pro Europe?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm well. Like they, they got the short end for so long when it came to video games. If they get something first, or like when they had their like few exclusives that later came to us, I mean, it's like yeah, we could we could wait. Europe, Europe had to wait for everything, so might as well. But Japan, Japan can definitely wait. They got everything first.
1: Yeah, Um I mean, you know, Europe does have a rich history of microcomputer games that we are completely in the dark about that they can lord over us.
0: Yes. Um, there, there's a bunch of weird, like, man, the microcomputer games are so wild and they're, and they cost nothing. They cost nothing.
1: Nothing. You could spend your whole life just buying dollar cassettes, Johnny. Let's do it. Let's quit this console nonsense and just go buy shitty computer games that are just like absolute garbage budget trash.
0: You want to spend a thousand dollars for one game, or do you want to spend a thousand dollars on 300 games. What right? do you want to do
1: here? That's not even an exaggeration. We no, could right that, now that's go find math. 300 games we could buy for a thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. Like, and we can use a freight forwarder and they're not even very heavy. So they'll ship for like 50 bucks.
1: Wow. Oh, cassettes are heavy. I'm going to disagree on that one.
0: If not you buy like
1: good. a couple, yes. But when I was buying in bulk, it's like, Oh fuck, that's a pretty heavy package.
0: Did it get heavy? Like, I mean, I'm, I've been shipping books for my wife from Europe and, and like all over. So, uh, Tapes seem like, who cares?
1: I don't know. They, uh, I mean, come on. You, if you think of holding a 100 PlayStation games in jewel cases, you'd be like, oh, fuck, these are heavy because they're jewel cases.
0: I mean, but these are just like little tapes are all air. I, I'm just like, literally, I just had to ship a 100 pounds worth of books. Uh, I mean, and you're it talking wasn't about like that a much books. denser thing. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't that many books. The box wasn't that big. Anyways, Uh, I guess we Um, should
1: also mention Sega CD was two hundred and ninety nine dollars, Johnny. That was a
0: lot of money back then.
1: What did a Sega Genesis cost in 1992? I don't know. Let's let's see. Seems like we should have came in came in here with that. I bet we could find it in a Sears
0: catalog. So I'm going to look at the inflation calculator calculator real quick. Two hundred ninety nine dollars in today's money is six hundred dollars. So, this thing was more than a PS5, and it was an add-on. So, you also needed a Genesis.
1: Uh, IGN says the Genesis original price was $189, meaning the Sega CD was almost twice as expensive as the Genesis. I'm going to guess that IGN was
0: wrong. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Um, here's another, here's an unsourced claim that it was $200, which makes more sense to me than $189, but, uh... I'm was seeing
0: it? $163 and stuff. This is why we do the research
1: beforehand, yeah. I think.
0: Probably. Anyways, so uh, it was around uh, between 150 and $200 for uh, a Genesis. And I, I think that's roughly right because I think the Super Nintendo was like 150 to $200 depending on the version you got. And then later, uh, right, I mean, had like 99 I,
1: guess versions. I guess to live in the future, you got to spend a shitload of money. And I mean, that makes sense because not a lot of people had it. The only person I knew with the Sega CD was definitely one of the rich kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine what the whole setup cost. Like, if you had the Genesis and the 32X and the Sega CD, that's a system in today's money that was over a thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, it makes the 3DO seem almost reasonable when you put it all together.
0: Is that Neo Geo money back then?
1: I mean, neo. Ge- I think the problem is neo geo games were also expensive as fuck. So it wasn't yeah. just the console investment.
0: That's true. Uh,
1: also, update nineteen ninety Sears Christmas Wishbook. Book. Uh, Sega Genesis Model One was only one hundred and eighty nine dollars. So uh, right. that seems accurate, I guess.
0: Sure. All right, we're we're close. Anyways, what so it was an expensive system. CDs were new. Scratching was a horrible thing back then. The lasers in the Sega CD did not stand up to the test of time. Um, So if you had like a dirty disc or a scratch disc, it was much worse than uh, in today's day and age when you got a little nick or something. So something to keep in mind.
1: You know what? So this could just be because people sure didn't play their Sega CDs as much as like a PlayStation. But I mean, in PS2, it's basically a meme on when is your disk drive going to die? but it's probably cause people just played the shit out of PlayStation two. Cause it's like maybe the best console ever made.
0: Yeah. Yes. I mean, but I did, I've had two PS2s fail and I did not, I mean, I played them a lot, but not, not a ton, but how much did anyone play the Sega CD? But the Sega CDs, especially the model one was prone to failure. Like the, the track on the disc drive broke a lot. The laser broke a lot. It, the, the first model, the Model 1 for the Sega CD, was not good. Now, if you're unsure which one that is, that's the one that the Genesis Model 1 sat on top of, or the Model 2, instead of being a side-by-side unit, which is the more common. Um, those ones are basically, if you get those, they're almost all going to need some sort of repair. And if they don't now, they will shortly. They're, they're I mean, not it's a it's, great system.
1: It's got a belt-driven... Uh, it's, it's a tray-loading CD rather than yes. just a simple pop-up. It it has an unnecessary amount of moving parts. I don't know if that's just a design problem that it had, or they intentionally wanted to make it look like a big, fancy, chunky piece of hi-fi equipment, which is exactly what the Model 1 Sega CD looks like, which way I think is looking. why most people probably want a Model 1 Sega CD, because yeah. it looks way, way cooler.
0: cooler. It does look way cooler. The other one, you're just like... Meh. Who cares? And sit side by side and just it's a little like it's a little lame looking. But the the one that bolts on top. Yeah. Way cooler looking. Not as cool as the XI, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about let's get into our list and, and go down because we do have a format for the show. And we, we talk about some things like the price and like when it came out and the history. But let's talk about how many games there are before we get into the hardware variants.
1: I didn't have it written down, Johnny. I thought I heard you say 147 to 148 ish. So not a lot. Yeah, it's like
0: that. That, depending on how you count, could be like as low as 140 or 138. Like if you don't count the animals and you don't count making the music and modern rock and Compton's uh, Sega CD is one where the does it count and do you count it is people's numbers are going to change, but is it a thing you could get and ha- put in the disc drive for the Sega CD around 148, 147? That's like a safe, that's a safe range. But if your number is lower than that, just think about what you count. So yeah, that that's it. And did we ever look up the price of the full collection? Because all those good price sites are uh, I'm super sure. useful. We, right we can now.
1: get a really good, uh, good idea. Let's here get
0: doing. a really good estimate from our, our buddies at like, I don't know, price charting. I'm sure they know something about it, right?
1: I don't see it. Do you ever go to price charting and, like, sometimes you see that box and graph that's, like, here's how much the entire set costs and sometimes you don't see it?
0: Yes. What is up Um, with that? I thought Game Value Now did a better job of, like, kind of showing that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Game Value Now does a great job with a lot of things. Um, Complete set. Game Value Now says is $15,000 for whatever that's worth. Um, Yeah.
0: I would not trust that. (laughs) I don't look.
1: Eyeballing their prices, they seem fine. Uh, I'd maybe call a couple of them a touch low, but uh, sure, $15,000 is probably ballpark around there. Uh, That seems like a hell of a lot of money for every game for a console kind of no one cares about, but uh, a lot of that is one game. It's KO Flying Squadron.
0: So, and just looking at price charting right now, looking at the overall prices for games... Pretty close, like a little low, but pretty close to what I was seeing in eBay sold. So if you needed like a rough estimate on the cost of a game, what it was going to cost you to get on Sega CD, I wouldn't say definitely don't look at price charting. I would say look there first because it's easiest and then kind of analyze what the most current sales are, but pretty close from what I'm seeing here. Uh, But don't look at the list where it says there's 168 Sega CD games because that is just not true.
1: Um. It says 146 on game value now.
0: Yeah, so I'm glad our counts are all correct.
1: So it is uh, I'm this is an off-the-cuff observation, but Sega C D prices, they were pretty flat before COVID. And then I'm gonna call the bump while still like a tremendous bump of like almost 50% increase in value, like compared to NES or SNES, which more than doubled, I think, for especially for complete and box for those pretty modest covid bump to only go up in price 50%. Yeah. I mean And then now it's, it's, been, it's still like kind of flat. I mean it's uh, it's pretty cool to see something that's not like oh my god that everything is on fire.
0: So uh, if we're looking at uh covid was what April of 20 February March 2020.
1: Uh, you know right. what I'm I'm going through and I'm looking at some of these graphs and Maybe, maybe the COVID bump wasn't as bad as I'm thinking. It looks actually pretty comparable to, uh, like, maybe it's a little bit less bad than something like NES or Super Nintendo.
0: It went from thirty to like fifty, like thirty to fifty dollars. So I mean, it's a pretty big increase, but I anyway, but I don't everything's demanded. What are you gonna do? Thirty to
1: fifty yeah. dollars? What are you talking
0: about? By the way, on the average price of a game. Okay. Probably. Well, April. you know, I
1: can't stand this data. My my graphs are showing it went from about 60 to about 100 for the average game.
0: Man, I, are you looking at game, game value, value now? now? And I'm looking at price charting. So, cool. It. Super. And this is why we Someone bitch about these this. sites.
1: Why Why do we even look at these websites? Someone make a new website. I can't handle it. We're not fixing I, these websites anymore. New, I, new paradigm.
0: I agree with you, but I was saying the price charting prices for the games look comparable, so I was feeling like maybe this was okay. But game value now, like I I can't even look at that site; it just brings up bad feelings. Anyways, that's not about what this episode's about. Let's let's focus up, okay? Uh, So maybe fifteen thousand dollars. And hey, Tyler, how much for a loose set? Because I'm assuming that means complete. In case
1: everyone knows we're gonna say, don't collect loose Sega. Do they know that? Yeah, please Don't don't be crazy.
0: Don't, don't be the guy who's like I printed my own DVD case like I guess cool but like just don't don't do that like uh, who cares
1: save like, uh, save point video games is unfortunately out of business that was uh, one of my local game stores and they had their section of Sega CD games and there was like the real Sega CD games and then they had the ones with like DVD cases that were next to them and I I went to save point for a few years and no one ever bought those DVD case games because what the hell guys
0: yeah. I mean, if you're spending the money, you might as well just go all the way. Sure. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, now now we're supposed to talk about hardware variants. Let, let's talk about how many hardware variants there were for this thing. Because for a system that did not lo- last very long, it kind of had a lot of hardware, yeah?
1: All right, I might be disputing you again here. Uh, I mean, not again. But uh, So, you say it didn't last very long. It was in uh, 1992, and there were games released through 1995. Like I don't, I don't think that's too bad of a run for like an unpopular add-on, and there was even one game released in 1996, meaning that the it was like a good four to five years for the Japanese one, because uh, the 1996 game was
0: Shadowrun okay. in Japan.
1: So anyway, think about it, it.
0: Came out not in a terrible Octo- run. I'm just no, saying. October of '92, which is almost '93, and you're like '95. <laughs> it's like two years, dude. <laughs> I mean, so that, yeah, two years is pretty failed, console-y, But you know what? That, that's like it's like three years.
1: Okay, there's 1995 games.
0: Okay, yes, <laughs> sure, three years, three years. Well, I'll give yeah, it to like four you. Four, five, four, or four in Japan. Three, three four, years four and change. Not it's not the not worst. How long was the Genesis around? How long was the PS One around? Like, think of what the contemporaries. Oh, come, that you're were. gonna
1: compare it to like some of the greatest consoles. It was
0: in the middle of the, those.
1: These are their Kismondo got like 17 games or something. That's a yeah. failed console.
0: No, 147 games. Isn't a fail. But at the time when, when you've got your super Nintendos and your Genesis pumping out something close to 700 and you, you've got the PS one, which comes out at plus a thousand afterwards, the Sega CD and the Saturn and all that, they just kind of fall flat. And don't make it like even GameCube come or not GameCube N64 gets 400 plus games like moving towards 500 and that's 147. It's just it's contemporaries just kind of leave it looking a little flat.
1: All right. You are right about that. Anyway, we got the model one Sega CD came out in 1992.
0: There's more Uh, models of Sega CDs than there are years it existed. (laughs) That's
1: true. Uh, so the Model 1 came packed in with a three-pack of games. Uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, Volume 1, Soul Feast, and Sega Classics Arcade Collection, which itself is uh, a collection of Sega Genesis games that have been updated with CD audio. Literally the only game I could think of off the top of my head is Streets of Rage, because that's the only one I think I've actually played on it.
0: I'm just going to say, like, as far as a packing. This is a really sweet lineup of games. For oh, pack
1: super in. good. Like, when you think Sega C D, you're like, oh, you got Sewer Shark as a pack-in. But Model One Pack-in, like, really yeah. varied and pretty good. Especially because those Sega those updated Genesis games with CD audio, in my opinion, that's basically the best thing the Sega C D can do. Plus Soul Feast, actually is Soul Feast technically a Genesis game also updated with C D audio. Like yeah, it was also so cool. cool. And then you get Sherlock Holmes, which, like, whatever, but that's a game with uh, uh, voiceover audio. So, again, a unique game that you probably wouldn't see on normal gen. Yeah. Fucking killer pack-ins, I think.
0: Yeah. and uh, The classics. What, what else? Like, Shinobi was in the pack-in, right? What was, like, another? Uh, Maybe. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. Revenge of Shinobi, Columns, uh, Goldnax, and Super Monaco. Yeah. That, that was the five.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, maybe, it depends how much multimedia fun I was looking for, but I wouldn't feel cheated if I bought it. I mean, it was also $300, so, you know, that's basically the price of six uh, yeah.
0: games. But I mean, and then you, what, and then the later pack-ins, what, had, like, Echo in there, and then Sonic CD? Ooh, uh,
1: yes, those were also pack-ins later on. Um, good to mention under the variance section, Johnny, because I don't yeah. know that off the top of my head. Well, uh, after the Model 1. Which is the Hi-Fi one. Super cool. We got the Model 2 Sega CD, which is the little tumor you attach to the side. A little bit more styled towards the Model 2 Sega Genesis. Uh, that's the one that came with uh, Sewer Shark, which is whew, um, not as good of a game as those first few games. Nope. Uh, there was a sports system that came with Joe Montana Football. And there was an action system that came with Tomcat Alley. Pretty cool. Um uh, Tomcat Alley, another FMV game.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's what the Sega CD was about. If you don't Uh, know, know. Sega CD was trying to be the FMV system.
1: I know. You would never, like, release your cool system and be like, here's the games that barely use this technology, but just... Man, what kid was excited for Tomcat Alley? I was was too young. I didn't know Sega CD was coming out, but come on, man.
0: So, one thing to bring up, and this is, like, really a a hardware extra, but also necessary to... Not completely necessary, but The fact that it had the CD backup RAM cart that came with it, so like your first memory cart, you know, I thought that was pretty cool because that was the first time. I know other stuff may have had that in other ways, but for me, this was the first time I was seeing like basically a memory card um, for any system, and I thought that was pretty awesome.
1: Okay, I guess, but it was, so the Sega CD has built-in battery backup memory. It does. So yeah, the well, only reason wasn't... to have the memory card is if you need more storage. Uh, I don't like how many people needed that?
0: I don't know, but I thought it was cool that it existed. Like the idea I that, guess you could co- take, that you could take your stuff with you to your friend's house, that was like, that was novel to me. Not that any of your friends had a Sega CD because you, you were going to the one person's house who had it.
1: All right. I mean, that's cool. Like, I never thought of that. Because you see, when I I see a Sega CD, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is a 30 year old piece of garbage," and I'm playing Shining Force CD, I do not want to lose this save to this 30 year old piece of garbage. So I always see those, and I'm like, "Okay, these are literally just to back up my saves to make sure nothing happens to my save." Yeah. Um, true. Cool.
0: Anyways, we can now talk about your favorite one, the Sega the the CDX.
1: Uh, CDX Johnny released in, uh, mid 1994 because Sega CD has legs, um, uh, <laughs> for $400, $400, If you guys want to know why you can't find a CDX, holy fuck was it unnecessary and expensive. Um... Also, very cool looking. I think so. The CDX it basically looks like a portable CD player, and I mean, then it, it was, just has it was
0: built as a portable CD yeah,
1: player. Yeah, it is a portable CD player, and it just has like a little chunky Sega Genesis cartridge slot at the top because it also plays Sega Genesis games, including of course Sega CD games. And if you like, if you are the kind of person who carries around like a boombox size, it's not as big as a boombox, but it's pretty fucking big for a portable CD player. I guess you could carry this
0: around too. Yeah, it it did have some limitations there Uh, as far as like getting the 32X into it. I think you couldn't do it. Some people have worked around that, but it's like a cool idea, but I don't know if I would be rocking this as a music portable They are pretty expensive. People still like them. They love the small form factor of it because while big for a portable CD player, small for a console still, especially in that day and age, especially compared to the gigantic Sega CD ensemble that you had to build with your Genesis. This was like, oh my God, you can just play a Sega CD game and Genesis game on this tiny little thing, amazing. So really cool for that, but everything else, a little lackluster. They're they're still going for just if you're just trying to buy the unit by itself over five hundred dollars, which is wild to me.
1: Um, I, mean, I mean,
0: you can find name some for you less. Had who
1: had one of these things?
0: Oh, none. I mean, there um, there's still a lot on eBay and a lot in sold. So like you like some three hundred, some five hundred range. Depending if you're if you start to look for a boxed one, you're looking at like nearly a thousand dollars and a thousand dollars plus on all of them. Especially if you get, like, really nice.
1: Considering, like, a Sega CD now is approaching $1,000 complete in box, I feel like that is almost more reasonable, considering these must—these must be much rarer than Sega CDs.
0: Right? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I feel like—you know, we're we're talking about, like, who had—who had this system— but I've come across, a like, back in the day when I was, like, going through garage sales and stuff, I came across a lot of Sega CD systems. I think I still have a box with, like, I don't know, uh, two Model 2s in it and, like, four Sega CD systems just sitting in a box in my garage.
1: I think I have four Sega CDs, and I don't know where they came from. And this <laughs> I have five is not... Sega CDs because I have a boxed one up there, too. Well,
0: I, I'm not talking about my boxed ones, which I have, like, four of.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah I just have four it's... that, like, just came from somewhere. Yeah, Like exactly, garage just sales, like, just like trading around kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. Also, I think it's it's worth remembering. So this was a $400 thing, but uh, it's also a Sega Genesis. So
0: yes, you would be is, the weird
1: person saying. who it's 1994 and you're like, it's time to invest in a platform, <laughs> a five-year-old platform Sega Genesis. You know, I'm sure there were people getting into consoles late. There's always those people looking for the... The budget like PS3s towards the end of the PS3 lifespan, um but so this this was cheaper than buying a Genesis and a Sega CD. But man, that's a pretty big purchase for a late in the life console.
0: That's true, but like, just think about minimizing your setup so you could actually just plug it in with one wire and like one no, power adapter. On, no one cares
1: about that. You just care about the games.
0: True. If I, uh, like if I'm
1: nine years old, which is like the audience for video games at that time, I don't give a shit how complex it is. Let That's me play true. Sonic CD.
0: All right, fair, fair. Um,
1: anyway, that uh, so CDX came packed in with uh, Sonic CD and Echo and the Arcade Collection. So another like pretty killer lineup, I think.
0: Super, super good packings. Like if you bought it and you just got that, you you were like pretty good. Like, you're like, right? this is awesome.
1: Like what did I, what did I get with my Switch? Nothing. I didn't even get one two Switch, and that game sucks.
0: Yeah, that's a game they literally should have given you it should have just been loaded onto the system what a piece of garbage
1: i mean to be fair i got breath of the wild which is like one of the best games ever oh but yeah damn it give me cool stuff what else did i get recently what are some other recent consoles obviously don't have a ps5 because i don't know if they exist yet what was the last Uh, console i got before that
0: an xbox but i mean now everything is you know services so it doesn't really matter like Uh, they're packing i mean you can just
1: download fortnite for free yeah but J-V-C-X-I Johnny. The fourth so cool. Sega CD we're going to talk about and the, best. the worst named console of all time. I don't care how stupid of a console name you could find, this is the worst one.
0: Probably. I, I I thought it always sounded futuristic and cool.
1: Johnny, why does this exist? It literally came out the same month as the CDX, which does, as far as I could tell, the same thing in a cooler form factor.
0: Uh, Yeah, except it does it better better video outputs less prone to scratching you can also attach the 32x just a better system all around better outputs. you can't attach
1: a 32x to a cdx
0: uh, i don't know you can kind of but it, you're not supposed to
1: you're not supposed to. I, I don't know um so the uh, jvc xi the localized version of the wonder mega way worse than name. the wonder
0: the wonder mega such a cool name also was a better system
1: uh, so it is a Sega CD, it's got a cartridge slot for Sega Genesis games, and then is it also billed as a karaoke machine? Because yeah. it comes with karaoke CDs.
0: Yes, it does. Uh,
1: does it come with multiple? It comes with multiple karaoke CDs. Well, so it's you, also strange that it, it's such a Japanese console, it feels like, it's strange that they even bothered to release it here.
0: It, it is a little weird that they released it here. Uh, but it's... F- it's the way I would uh, when I had to play Sega CD. This is what I would put up. So like I had this out in the Genesis because ease of use and reliability of the system, better laser than the CDX, uh, better better moving parts too. Like just a better construction all around. I felt.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm one of the few people who hates the XI, uh, not just because of a stupid name. I think it looks terrible. Uh, I don't like the design. And for the American version, I don't like the color. And we've argued about it on the show. The it's Japanese black. Wonder Mega is black. The American JVC XI is dark blue. Put a 32X in your JVC XI and you'll be like, this is the grossest thing that has ever been created because they're not even matching. even. The- <laughs> It's the worst.
0: Is it blue? Like, I was It is it dark black. blue. I hate it. I'm like looking at mine. It still looks black.
1: Okay. Also, JVC XI price $500 compared to the CDX, which is $400. Remember those CDX pack ins were fucking badass. Yeah. JVC XI pack ins, you got two karaoke CDs, Prize Fighter and Compton's Encyclopedia for $100 more? Are you fucking kidding me?
0: It It is weaker in that respect, yeah. But yeah. we're, uh, you know, my love for it came after the fact, so none of that
1: mattered. Anymore. I know, I know. Um, what is a complete in box JVC XI cost? I'm going to say $2,000 just because um, I know how rare these are.
0: You know, less than you'd think. Um, you can buy an XI for, you know, around $300 to $500, even sometimes a little less. Uh, complete in box ones. Going wow. for less than 800?
1: There's one on eBay right now. Well, there's one in the like, uh, like a, oh, it's like a refurbished box. Oh, wow, this is $800 and no one's buying it. Yeah. All right. That's crazy. Yeah. Probably because such or a good This even comes with like bonus karaoke CDs. I bet those karaoke CDs are
0: rare as fuck. <laughs> Probably, yeah.
1: I'm gonna that means to the person who list.
0: owned this did it for the karaoke.
1: Uh, It is. Uh, Oh, oh man, it comes with like its own look at look at these dumbass controllers. Now that I'm looking at an eBay auction, it comes with JVC XI Sega Genesis controllers which are dark blue, but the buttons are still black. It looks terrible.
0: It, and to be clear, it is a specifically branded controller. So if you're picking one up, like, yes, you can plug a regular Genesis controller in, but the XI did have a branded controller that came with it. Something to note. There was also two different versions. There's like a full picture box that matches the Sega CD aesthetic of the, like the blue and the white kind of color pattern. And then there's one that comes in like this red box, which I don't know what that version was all about, but it's, it's gigantic and ugly and it exists.
1: I'm super tempted to buy this Xi, but I know it's not complete. It's missing, uh, it's missing one of the CDs, and it looks like it doesn't have any manuals. So, eh. Eh. I don't need that in my life for
0: $800, Johnny. But look, it's got three JVC controllers. Man, they are
1: balling. I you'd be pretty ball using them, but uh, to be clear, the JVC branded controllers are like the chonky, shitty first generation Genesis controllers yep, that no one actually wants to use. Yep, the, the ones that got re released for the Switch for some reason. The bad Sega Genesis controller. I have no idea why. Nostalgia, sure. Yeah,
0: I, do you? Does anyone have nostalgia for that awful controller?
1: I do. I, I always hated it. It was always, always the worst. Can you imagine? So I grew up with that as a kid, and then I go to my friend's house who has uh, NES and Super Nintendo. And like, using a Super Nintendo controller where it has so many more buttons and it's so much more comfortable, I'm just like, what am I missing out? This is ridiculous. I need to you're become like, a Nintendo kid. How am I a Sega kid? This is the worst. Like,
0: why am I holding this awful croissant? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, just this horrible plastic croissant in my hand instead of a real controller? Yeah. And then like, and then upgrading
1: from that to a Nintendo 64. And it's like my, my child brain is just like video game controllers are just this way. They're just all terrible. It's just normal, right?
0: Nope. (laughs) Nope. There was actually good controllers once upon a time. They started that way. Tell me about the last system, though. That That's like it for the JVC-XI. Um, uh, my favorite. Oh, yeah, we had
1: uh, just like two expensive obscure systems that no one owned uh, that could play Sega CD games. So let's talk about the third expensive obscure system that no one owned
0: that can play Sega CD games. The yeah. Laser
1: Active. The Pioneer Laser Active Johnny.
0: Our favorite uh, thing to talk about on the show is the Laser Active.
1: I don't know why it keeps coming up. We haven't even... Have we done a So You Want to Collect Turbo graphics? Because it'll yeah, come up again at some
0: point. We did. We did a Oh, turbo. we did do... All right, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah Pioneer Laser Active. It ha, it's a Laserdisc player, and you could buy an add-on, the Sega Genesis pack, or maybe it was just called the Sega pack. I forgot what pack stands yeah, for. Module. And you plug it in. And so I'm pretty sure it can't play Sega CD games unless you have the Sega pack. But once you plug in the Sega pack, you can just put a regular Sega CD game in that giant ass tray... It probably had a little pop-out trays uh, for regular. A, there's CDs.
0: one, there's this specific Sega CD pack, right? It says Sega CD on it.
1: We're going what Johnny. I'm, we have to cut this out. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> on on the module, there's a pack and it says it's Sega C D It's probably CD a
1: on. Genesis and Sega CD pack. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about the Laser Active more. We've talked about it a bunch. Again, I don't know what a laser active costs. Uh, let's just say a $1,000. I've seen one laser active in my life. The controller was broken, and I was devastated.
0: Yeah, it's, like, at least $1,000, and then the modules can cost anywhere between, like, 500 to to $1,000 as well.
1: Brutal. And then you have a console that, like, some weird old collector guys care about.
0: Yeah, and so... <laughs> And be careful, because there, there's, like, a Mega Drive console, which I don't know if the Mega Drive pack works in just the American Laser Active. Like, there's one specifically for Mega Drive and Mega CD. I
1: mean, if uh, you're like, collecting uh, Laser uh, Active, go all out. Get all of them from all the regions. Uh, absolutely.
0: Uh, like, I think it would be way cooler to be rocking the Mega Drive pack in your American Laser Active.
1: Johnny, hey, how is. hard is it to collect? No, it's first of all, no, it's not cool to get... Mega Drive stuff for you. Maybe it is. I don't know. How hard is it to get... How hard is it to collect for Sega CD and is it a popular system to collect for?
0: It's not that popular, I wouldn't say. Uh, I think that we like it much more than other people. And uh, I wouldn't say it's very hard. I, I would say there there aren't any real set killers, as we talked about last time. There's just a couple expensive games, and there are like a few at the top end, but overall... Not too hard. You're going to, like, find... The the biggest hurdle with collecting Sega CD is getting over how the aesthetic falls apart and, like, where do you cut yourself off? Are you adding the Sega 32X games, the Sega CD 32X games, plus the uh, just the 32X... Like, there's some that are in, like, an orange box, and then there's the Sega CD games that come in, like, these weird blue boxes, and then there's cardboard boxes, and then there's the standard, like hard plastic clamshell that we all love and hate at the same time. It's I not think, hard though. Like games are available.
1: I think there you have to be um you definitely have to be someone who's willing to buy like literally a hundred percent of your games on eBay because when you go into the game store you'll be like, oh here's the Sega C D ga- section. Oh it's prize fighter and Sonic CD. Great. I don't think I've ever walked into a game store and seen something really exciting for the Sega C D.
0: No, like this is like i my recommendation if you want to collect the Sega CD is now that conventions are going to be a thing go to a convention like there'll be a table that has some and you can like pick them up and look at them That's way better than buying an eBay because the cases are so fragile that they just break they're yep. just brittle it becomes and the more the more the plastic has been exposed to the sun, the more brittle those cases become so you have to be very careful so if you can just go and just go go to a convention and pick up as many as you can. That's great, and if you can get extras for replacements, that's great. But also, if you're collecting Sega CD, you have to be comfortable with a certain amount of a uh, general damage to your cases because to get all perfect cases is going to be a very hard endeavor, and if you, it's going to be very expensive. If you can just be like, I'm okay with a broken hinge here and there or a crack on the plastic on the back or front, like not too bad, not completely destroyed. But if you can be comfortable with it, your life is going to be a lot easier than if you are going to walk in here and be like, I need everything pristine. Especially because then you're like, okay, those these cases are hard to deal with. But the cardboard boxes, there's like, but not the hard style case, but like these cardboard flip style cases they have are awful. They are one of the worst boxes ever made for any system. It's turbo graphics level bad, except there's no like consistent insert for them so they're always trashed to get a nice sega cd cardboard box very tough i think and they're borderline
1: worse about. than turbo graphics and oh, how no, I'm unnecessarily saying, I'm saying big and worse. fragile they are yes.
0: yeah no i'm saying really they're bad. worse like i think the the cardboard is a little bit thicker but the structure around it is worse so yeah it's uh, it's one of the worst boxes hands down it might be the worst cardboard box ever made
1: uh, sure. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think 32X is also pretty high up there just because they are so unnecessarily large. Not 32X, uh, 3DO.
0: 3DO, yeah, pretty bad, but no one's collecting that. Um. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I have
1: kidding. I have a shelf of 3DO games I don't know what to do with because they're so big they're just double stacked at this point because I don't want to put another shelf so big and like ruin the, the size of all the shelves below it because I have to make another shelf big enough to handle all these stupid ass 3DO games
0: fair Um. yeah I, I mean what would you rate worse than th- this case anything like Game Gear boxes are pretty awful but these ones are bigger and worse somehow it's, like, Turbo, Game Gear, and and this, and uh, this being the worst, I think. And then, like, you can throw 3DO in there. I don't have a lot of experience with 3DO, but I yeah, that's, like, my top worst list.
1: I feel like it's a double miss for the Sega CD cardboard boxes, uh, because they already screwed up with the giant jewel cases, which make, like, no sense. No. Uh and there's already like there's a perfect way to distribute cds it's called a jewel case just put it in a jewel case it doesn't have to be like who is making their purchasing decision being like wow that box is twice as big as a jewel case i mean i'm sure that the reason they did it is because it obviously works but playstation seemed to do just fine with just jewel cases they could have just used a jewel case for the entire Sega well, And CD. they they
0: did use jewel cases and like
1: regular ass yeah. oh you and, mean inside the boxes
0: Yeah, in the boxes. And then, like, on the Mega CD, they just use regular jewel cases. So, what the hell happened here in America? I think
1: people think Americans are idiots or Americans are just idiots because Japanese aren't buying uh, products based on their packaging or they value things like cute, sensible packaging and Americans value waste and excess, which seems to track pretty well as far as I know.
0: I mean, even the PAL games, though, just had like regular jewel cases like double cases and stuff. I I don't know how we got roped into these awful boxes. Just the worst. All
1: right, Anyways. Johnny, how deep does collecting Sega CD go?
0: Uh I I think the people who are into Sega CD go pretty hard. They go pretty deep. They go for some wild stuff. Um but as far as like is there a huge depth to explore? Not really. I mean, it's only 147ish games big, so the 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 pond is not uh, extremely deep. Do you have Uh, anything counter to that?
1: No, I mean, there's there's some pins, there's some strategy guides, but it's... I mean, there's not enough games for there to really be too much exciting to go for.
0: And there's not limited editions and things like that. You know, the games are the games for the system. Yeah, like, you can get some working design pins. There are some cool variants you can go get, which we'll talk about later, but... Even though there's not even an excess. You, If yeah. you want to go hard at the Sega CD, like, if you want a console you can go, like, hard at, this is the console for you. You can go hard at it, and it's pretty obtainable.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think here. It could just be because I'm a bad, uncultured gamer, but I don't think there's a single Sega CD game that I've ever played, like, an import or translation of. Is there, like, an interesting Japanese game that I'm not thinking of?
0: Oh, man. Like, I I can think of plenty for the Saturn, but I don't know for the Sega CD. Huh.
1: Because, like, when you go Saturn, like, yeah, you could get the full Saturn set in America, but then, like, there's this whole amazing ocean of other games that you have not collected yet. And I don't, I've never felt like that's the case with Sega CD. It just, it could just be because I don't know enough about Japanese Mega CD games. But I have a a feeling, like, Shadowrun, sure, it's a port. Like, I have a feeling that it's not the case.
0: Hmm, was uh Koei 2? Was that Sega CD or did that go up to Saturn? Saturn, that was Saturn, uh, right? Yeah.
1: KO, K.
0: I love just saying it wrong for you. Record of Lotus War,
1: like, y- <laughs> John, you're not gonna tell me, like, oh, you missed out on Record of Lotus War, the import from Japan. There's so much more to explore on the Sega CD, so...
0: No, I'm I'm struggling uh, here.
1: Japanese Mega CD lovers, please write in and tell me all the amazing games I'm missing out on by not branching out my... Uh,
0: yeah, interest. so one of the things that everyone starts talking about, like, hey, Final Fight, uh, which is a game you can play on the Sega CD, and I think it's the best version of Final Fight in America. Uh, they're like, you can get the Uncentered one from Japan. So, I guess that's it. Like, it's pretty bad when a version that you can already play is the best import that people talk about.
1: I guess, yeah. I mean, but as someone who's dived into the the Final Fight rabbit hole, like, I could see Final Fight people uh, going and just buying another version because it's uncensored. Because, like, Final Fight 1 on GBA and Final Fight and Final Fight Guy and Final Fight CD are all kind of different, so... Um, I mostly played them all because I wanted to find one that I could actually beat. And the answer was, I am not good enough at Final Fight to beat any of those fucking games. You can't beat Certain- Final Fight? No. Not at all. What? I suck at beat 'em ups And I hate How beat-em-ups. Do you- so I both don't have the skills or the motivation to beat it. Johnny, I, I, it wasn't like a lack of trying because I tried to get good at literally all but four you're games. Good at except games. for Final Fight 1. Final Fight 1 is so fucking hard. But the other I- ones, like I legitimately tried and I could not beat Final Fight. I'm sorry, what you can do. I tried ninja to find Gaiden? like the cheesiest strategies. I'm pretty sure Guy has the cheesiest strategy, so I tried the hard in Final Fight Guy Ga- tried the hardest in Final Fight Guy. But like, yeah, I can't be Final Fight, dude.
0: That's so weird. I remember being so dissatisfied, like on the just getting through Final Fight and being like, eh, okay, whatever.
1: I mean you're a you're a badass gamer kid, probably.
0: I, I was pretty good at video game. As good as I was as a kid, I am so awful now. That skill does go away.
1: So the thing is, uh, again, with Final Fight and most beat-em-ups, you could get through like 80% of the game with like your fucking eyes closed once you understand the basic mechanics. And then like the last two levels are probably ridiculous. And so when you're a kid with nothing but time, like getting through that first 80% is nothing. But as an adult, it's like, oh my God, I have to sit here. I just lost uh, my last life again. I have to sit here and go through another hour and a half of the first... You know, first few levels really carefully. Uh, it's Beat-em-ups are not for me. I hate beat-em-ups.
0: They aren't all that interesting.
1: Um, I love rhythm games. You could literally, you set rhythm games immediately to the difficulty you want, and it gives you just 90 seconds of pure gameplay. It's the perfect genre, Johnny. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, games for the Sega CD. You know the reason we collect it, Johnny? You want to talk about the launch games?
0: Yeah, there, there's some, there's some, we, we already talked about the Packins, which being Sherlock Holmes, soul feast also sold these on the Genesis and the Sega art Arca- uh, classic arcade collection, but there's black hole, Assault, Chuck rock, Cobra command making the video in excess and <laughs> making the video Marky Mark on a funky bunch <laughs> night trap. Hello, controversial title. Uh, you know, Nintendo meme. If ever there was one night trap and, uh, Sorry, Sewer Shark. Um, the pack-ins are awesome, but the rest of the launch lineup, like, pretty weak.
1: The, like, is this on purpose? So th- I, they came out with 11 games, and they're just like, we need to pack in literally
0: the best three games. I mean, maybe. It, it didn't give you a lot to buy. But, I mean, they were like, man, imagine, like, NXS. That's a band, by the way. Like, can you imagine the people who are, like, super jazzed about NXS and then, like, Marky Mark, like, they were selling those those games or let's call them titles to like some group of people who also had who bought a sega a genesis and then this add-on like who were these people did anyone buy this specifically for the making the video games like that's so weird to me i
1: i don't know if if there's anyone out there who doesn't know the make my video series i think there's four of them on the sega cd it's literally chris cross uh, and uh uh, crisscross and then, uh, what, not something culture. What, who is it? It's the, you're missing the best one. What culture? CNC music factory. Is that who I'm yeah. thinking of? Yes. Okay. Um, cause that, that one's, it's called something else. It's like power something. Anyway, you make a music. So it plays like a music video for you. And while it's playing it, you could edit it in real time or you could like put effects over the video. And then, so you, you're seeing this as it happens. So you're like editing in real time. Then after that, it plays the same song and same video that you just edited in real time back to you. So you're essentially experiencing the same thing twice. And then the musical artist rates how you did. Somehow there's a way to do good and bad, and it unlocks little FMV scenes. Um... And, like, there is some charm to it because, like, the real artists are there and there's unique FMV clips of them. So you could go and CNC Music Factory will be like, man, that was whack. You're an asshole. Why did you make that music video for us? Um, So there is some fun to it in that sense. uh, But also, I think each of the games has three songs. so
0: Really exciting. Make sure you paid $50 for that.
1: Some of the worst video games ever made.
0: So the the cool thing about this, or like what they were doing, like not cool, but we'll say their point of view, they were definitely trying to highlight the what they considered the strength of the Sega CD and what set it apart, and that was going for all this FMV stuff, Sewer Shark, these video clips mid game, like this was supposed to sell you. On like what the future of video games were. They were very excited about these low compression video clips and this CD audio you were going to experience. And games like Marky Mark, uh, like this was doing all of it. It was like it was giving you the video and CD quality audio. Oh my god, amazing, but not really. Uh,
1: yeah, and I definitely agree. And uh, we already said the last game was Shadowrun in Japan. Uh, Who knows? I don't know why that got a port over there, but not here. Probably because why would they bother? I think the last game in America was Demolition Man? November 1995?
0: Hmm. Is there another uh, one after that? I don't think so.
1: All right. Demolition Man. Is it expensive? Who knows? Not really. Okay. Okay. Go pick up Demolition Man, guys. We're we're hyping it on The Collector's Quest. Last Sega CD game. It's historic.
0: Sub 100. All right. But let's talk about some games that actually are expensive. What a
1: transition. Expensive Sega CD games? Well, I never. Are there any? (laughs) KO Flying Squadron, Johnny. Koei. Koei Flying Squadron. Yes, It's the same letters as Koei in a different order. Somehow pronounced the same way. Go figure that out. Uh, The last one sold for $3,250, Johnny. Um, And, like, we literally just talked about this, but I was making fun of a Heritage auction sale where a sealed one sold for, like, $4,000. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I think this game is insanely expensive. I think it's too expensive for its... Uh, cultural relevance slash popularity to rarity. Uh, like, I understand that people like shooters, but, uh, man, like, over three grand? You could buy a lot of cool video games for (laughs) $3,000.
0: I, uh, you know, and in response to your question, someone tell me that they bought this and like, de- don't have a set and you are correct. The yes. sh- we had people respond to us and say they definitely did. So
1: I can't believe we did, but I, I'm very wrong there. People just want to collect, uh, KO Flying Squadron. Um, I think the next one down makes a lot more sense. I think it's basically the game that is the linchpin of the Sega CD library. Cause without it, you'd look at it and be like, oh, <laughs> Snatcher. Uh it,
0: it it's like I mean, it, it's the American version that that we got and like wow you this is it's a landmark game. There's no other uh, way to say it. it. It's very important. It
1: is uh yeah, a super popular Hideo Kojima visual novel basically. Uh it's got some adventure game elements. I guess it technically has some like gun elements. Um but, yeah, I mean, not only is it a super cool game, it's got, like, great voiceover, great music. Um, it's not a particularly rare game, but I think its popularity is the reason that is obviously uh, so expensive. Um, damn it, Johnny, what was I going to say? You were
0: probably going to talk about uh, why it's uh, based on Blade Runner and, like, other sci-fi films. and
1: I mean, it's got a lot of influence. Yeah. It's got like Blade yeah. Runner influence. It's got Terminator influence. Um, uh, Kara, if you want to get that.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's, it's a super it's cool f- game. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. Oh, and if you love that, I was going to say,
1: I had uh, never, I mean, there's probably examples, but I'd never played a, a, just a straight up kind of visual novel like this until, uh, until Snatcher. I understand it's a super popular genre in Japan. And now you'll see like super popular on the Vita. Uh, but, like, uh, you, don't, you don't go to a it's Sega strange. Genesis and you're just loaded up with visual novels. Whereas, on, like, the PC engine, I'm pretty sure there are a bunch of visual novels that are just like, yeah, here's a visual novel. I don't know. It's a game True. that you read. It's not a game that you play as much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was really it was really leaning into the story aspects as visual novels do, which I mean, RPGs kind of did that, but this was the first kind of game that wasn't actually just an RPG game that was, that I experienced that was kind of doing this. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, go buy Snatcher. Like, I mean Snatcher, if you, like, if you asked me to, for a historical price to Snatcher, I would say like 500 bucks is what Snatcher cost, maybe 400. So the fact that it's like hovering around 1200 maybe right now, I mean, it doesn't seem like the word i mean it's a thousand dollars for a game it is so hard for me to like recommend like yeah just a thousand dollars for a video game but i think snatcher is both an amazing game it's from one of my favorite creators uh and i think it's a super collectible game like when people have snatcher on the shelf it's like oh fuck yeah there's a video game collector over there guys look at that snatcher kind of has that earthbound effect
0: for me I, you know snatcher like limited run did their their uh, soundtrack version of this. And I know lots of people hoped that Snatcher like was going to get some sort of limited run version on like the PS4 or something. And then this is one of those games where I like kind of hope that it did get some sort of modern release in like a collection or something. So more people could experience it.
1: Who is sitting on the rights to Snatcher? Cause Konami is a bunch of whores that don't want to make any new games. So you'd have to assume that at some point they will re-release Snatcher.
0: You would think, but it's been so long. Like, you, we could get this and Police Knots. Like, how good would that be? Um, Matt, this would be way better than Police Knots because it's a way better game. Well, I'm <laughs> saying you. Well, I'm saying give us a collection of both.
1: I mean, yeah, that would be. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, it looks like it's it's just straight up Konami. So I assume they have the rights to it. So I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they they're they're clearly just whoring out the Metal Gear franchise. So just give people Snatcher. People will buy it.
0: Whatever. Yeah, I mean, make it a hidden, a hidden game that you can play in one of the Metal Gears, please.
1: No, don't. Th- no, this is money, uh, money grubbing Konami. We're, I'm talking about like this is what Konami. This is a game Konami should take, and they would be like limited run. We're releasing 2,000 copies of Snatcher for $299 each. Sure. I just want them to do something super dumb. Add yeah. police nuts in there. Why not?
0: Absolutely. I, I, um, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll do it. No,
1: they, they can't put police nuts in because there's no official translation, and that would mean they have to do work. And Konami's not I mean, going to be doing any work.
0: Well, they could just steal the fan translation. They're not <laughs> that above would that.
1: Be fucking hilarious if they did.
0: That. I mean, it's their right to take it, it's their property. So they totally could just do that. Anyways, um, Next game
1: The Space Adventure, Johnny. Uh, su- uh, super
0: sweet PC port. Is
1: this uh, Space Adventure Cobra? Is that the real Japanese name? I believe so, yes. Uh, If you put, I think maybe gun to my head, I would say this is the rarest Sega CD game besides KO. Uh, The only thing it has going for it is its rarity because I don't think I've ever heard anyone uh, play it or care about it. Uh, It's also uh, an adventure game uh, similar to Snatcher, but I remember playing it and like within like a couple hours, I'm like, oh, this isn't as good as Snatcher. It sure isn't,
0: (laughs) but it's Uh, fine. It's not terrible.
1: Okay. Yeah. Definitely a thing to own. Definitely oh, never yeah. beat it. Uh, Popful Mail, 500
0: uh, five you
1: know to that? $600. We'll talk
0: about a game you love. Tell us about Popful Mail. I love Mail. Popful Mail.
1: Yeah, Popful Mail's a kind of an adventure, semi-open world platformer. Um, yeah, I played Popful Mail on Sega CD and the PC 6001. Uh, I think it's a super cool game. It is super hard. You will have to save and reload a lot because it's one of those games they made super hard for uh, Americans. They're just like, ah, oh, this game's too easy. What if we made it, I don't know, six times harder? Um, yeah, Poffa Mail, uh, super collectible and a good game. Kind of up there with Snatcher and games worth owning, I'd say.
0: And it's done by Working Design, so it has that extra collector appeal going for it. So. Yep. And there's a, there's a strategy guide and pins because Working Design always has that stuff. Uh, so yeah, it there's another level of collectability for Popful Mail um, going to and working designs like really sunk their teeth into a lot of Sega CD games, which expanded what they did going forward.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think every single game uh, on this expensive list that we're talking about right now, uh, th- it's just like this is just like a 2D platformer with voiceover and CD music. Like, there is nothing special and FMV-centric uh, about this, and that's pretty much every game we're going to talk about here.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, uh, just to further go on to that working design, thing, like, one of the big selling points of being a Sega CD collector is the working design games that are on here, so... Uh, if you're into working design, Sega CD is a good system to look at, at least to pick up their catalog. And if you collect working designs, you probably already know that and are already picking those up.
1: Uh, yeah, similar to the Saturn, they put their their big-ass pink logo on the spine of all the games, so you could quickly scan your library and be like, oh, those are those are my working designs games because I'm a collector. I have Albert Odyssey. A game no one likes, no one plays, but we're still going to spend $200 for it because it got the little pink logo.
0: Absolutely. Fuck Albert Odyssey.
1: I think the working design Sega CD games are fine, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, great, thanks.
1: Johnny, Earthworm Jim Special Edition. So uh, good. This one caught both of us by surprise. Yeah. This is really. now a $500 Sega CD
0: game. How? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I know. Remember it was like kind of expensive, but like top tier expensive Sega CD game.
1: Like this is the fifth one on the list. Yes. This is like top, top tier Earthworm Jim special edition. I don't know. It's so just it uh, based uh, it's off an an the Genesis of version. And,
0: Jim. Uh, so it, what did it It contained some bonus sections like New Junk City part two. And I think there was like one new level and new audio. And that was it.
1: Yeah. Cool. If so, you're, uh, if, if it's like, there must be if you like go on Steam right now and search for Earthworm Jim. Can you get a version of the game with all that junk, or is this like the exclusive secret uh, Sega CD wanna, stuff
0: they don't want you to know about? So I'm reading, and it says there were alternate endings. Um, when you won on practice or difficult, um, which was only with this version. Ooh, and it was uh, also, but you know what? It was also a Sega Channel service game as well. So that's. Um, that's, that's interesting. Hmm. If you don't know about Sega channel, it was like the early internet version. Uh, you know, like the Satella view is to super Nintendo Sega channel is to, uh, sure. Sega Genesis and uh, Sega CD.
1: Johnny, I'm, mi- uh, I- I don't know. I can't confirm. I think people are just hyping the price because it's a it's a franchise people like, and it's pretty hard to find on Sega CD. It's not like maybe the hardest thing to find. Um, Earthworm Jim was remade in HD in 2010, and the Sega CD level was not
0: included in the remake, Ooh. Johnny.
1: Exclusive level to the Sega CD. I don't even like Earthworm Jim.
0: But how much is the Mega CD version? <laughs> That's what I uh,
1: want to know. D- shut up, Johnny. No no one knows. No one's going to buy it because it doesn't have the cool blue and white case.
0: But it's got the sweet small jewel case that you can fit on a shelf without a problem. Oh,
1: so no one will know I have it. It's just going to blend in with all my other jewel cases. Yeah. What's the point of buying a $500 game if it's not going to make a statement on my
0: shelf, Johnny? Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. Continue.
1: R- R- Radical Rex! $450. Oh, I think that game. might
0: even be low.
1: Because both of those copies that sold for $450 did not have the special sticker, Johnny.
0: That's crazy. It's, I mean, the Radical Rex isn't a surprise because that's been of the early, early Sega CD collectors. Radical Rex was the one like picked out. Everyone knew Radical Rex and you had to have the sticker. So the fact that it reached 400 with the sticker, what is that hitting? 600? 700? How much? You, you that see, I don't work? know how
1: many people are serious about Sega CD or care that much, but yeah, yeah. I would guess at least a hundred dollar bonus. The four
0: hundred dollar one? The four hundred dollar one have like twenty two bids.
1: I mean, because there's always gonna be people trying to get stuff cheap. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, uh, Radical Rex is another one that's clearly only on here for pure rarity. Definitely putting it up with Space Adventure among the rarest Sega CD games. Uh, it is literally just an upgraded port of Radical Rex for the Sega Genesis, a game about a skateboarding dinosaur, like in some sense. Uh, so this actually was uh it came, they came out at the same time. So like in some sense, like, yeah, I let's put out our new game on the new system, too. But like looking back, you're like, why is who cares about Radical Rex enough to buy the fancy Sega CD version? Uh, the one thing it does have going for it. Uh, there is a rap song. When you put Radical Rex in your Sega CD, uh, it's about like, I don't know, 45 seconds long
0: and you should listen to it. It's great. You you definitely should hear that song. With the
1: first of fire, Rex is on the scene with a something something. I don't know. It's really good.
0: Uh, Tyler, <laughs> spitting bars. Thanks. Um, I will say, just like a, this is a, a weird aside, there was a lot of skateboarding dinosaurs in the 90s, or not a lot, but like. The fact that there's more than one is weird. If you've never seen Denver, the last dinosaur cartoon, like the whole opening logo, also super great theme song. Go go check out that theme song. Uh yes, it features a skateboarding dinosaur. It's just like, yeah.
1: Wow. I mean it makes sense. I think dinosaurs and skateboarding, both bigger in the nineties, so put yeah. two good things together.
0: Yeah, just go. Make sure you hear that soundtrack. Denver, the last dinosaur. Like, you're like, what is this? It's uh, it's an earworm. It's awful. Uh,
1: all right, Johnny. I think I'm gonna go with one more, and then I'm gonna axe the rest. Uh, okay. Because I don't think they're rare enough. Well, I mean, they're just expensive. They're not expensive enough. Here, I'm just gonna change my criteria. Fatal Fury Special, Johnny, is a four hundred dollar game. Uh I believe if this wasn't the last gen, uh, Sega CD game I got, it was the hardest one for me to find, I think. Um yeah, just a rare fighting game. I actually don't know anything about Fatal Fury because I don't care about fighting games.
0: I don't I mean it was pretty uncommon. It it's still kind of hard to find like but it, it's available. It's definitely, that's the thing about all the Sega CD games now, back when we were like hunting, I don't know if more people were just into it or less people because the prices weren't what they are now, but it just didn't show up at the rate it does now. Like right now there's like three or something available, same with like Space Adventure, and it was super hard to like pin these things down once upon a time.
1: I mean, it could just be that, uh, you know the people like me who are like the people who wanted to get it, got it. And now like how many more people like me are out there who are really like going to spend $400 on fatal fury special,
0: which the hype there, there's no hype around Sega CD right now. Uh, even with limited run releasing a few games, no hype
1: fucking ridiculous. Yes. Um, do we want to talk about some actually rare games, man? I wish I had some hidden gems for you here, Johnny.
0: Yeah, there, I mean, (laughs) It's could- a small library, so there's hard for there to be hidden gems. It's easily explored. And this is uh, for what, what uh, for what was once not a well-documented documented system, it is now a very well-documented system. Uh,
1: yes. And I think if you just look at a price list and you look at everything that's over like $100, and if you've heard of it, it's expensive because it's popular. And if you haven't heard of it, it's expensive because it's rare. So. The rarest games are KO, Space Adventure, and Radical Rex, I think.
0: Probably. And that specifically with that sticker, too. Um, And then there's other like weird edge case stuff. NBA Hangtime, hard to find, especially with the poster.
1: So that's ESPN NBA
0: Hangtime. This is,
1: man, this is so weird. Like, I feel like there's a lot of hard to find. Sega CD games that come in waves because if you asked me to name like the top 10 rare Sega CD games I think NBA Hangtime is one of the ones I would put on there but then before the episode we go look it up there's like five copies on eBay and And I know I've bought this game multiple times because I bought it for my set and then I bought it again because I wanted the poster and both times I had a hard time finding any copy for sale and now there's five so it's like it's super wavy I think.
0: And exactly the same thing with NFL football trivia. When I was doing mine, people could not find this game. It was hard to find. We like, I had to confirm it existed at one point before we could even get it on. So I was in a point where we were arguing whether it was real and now here it is. And then there's like five and it's kind of expensive too. So yeah, Yeah, I don't
1: know. See that, that doesn't even register to me for me. I don't remember uh, the NFL trivia game being like hard to find or expensive. So I must've just like breezed through that. Uh, maybe I just got lucky when I was checking things off a checklist.
0: Well, I mean, that's kind of part of the problem, right? Like we all do this in a vacuum. So, uh, we, we hope to come to a group consensus, but there aren't that many people going hard at Sega CD. Uh,
1: the other thing we've got listed is the red box variant of wonder dog, Johnny.
0: It's the first print. Say it right. Okay, the first print of Wonder Dog. Um, The green box is the variant. I
1: call everything a variant. Um, Man, so, yeah, Wonder Dog, I don't know. I don't know how rare Wonder Dog is. There's a few copies that are in sold, just like a $100
0: game. I mean, and that's a weird one because that that's really low wonder dog used to sell for five like Redbox used to sell for 500 just never came up i remember recommending people it was like oh man one came out for like 250 you should grab that never see wonder dog and now i feel bad because one just sold for like 100 bucks no one cares well no, so no you don't know buy it
1: now someone fucked up there i think cl- you very clearly so? um yes because the, there's two more on ebay unsold one for 750 and one for 600 and I agree. Like that's seven fifty one looks really nice. It's like probably the nicest Red Box Wonder Dog you could ever find. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like Red Box Wonder Dog is a thing that I would look for, and there would just be none available. And I feel like the only reason there are two available right now is because they're so fucking ridiculously priced. Who is going to pay seven hundred fifty dollars to have? Oh, guys, I got the rare color box
0: of Wonder Dog. No, just go buy a Snatcher.
1: Like, I mean, if you're buying Redbox, oh, you know what? This isn't this isn't even as nice as I thought. It just has shrink wrap on it. Um I, the, Man, bragging rights have to stop at a point. Like if you're just buying something rare, like Redbox Wonder Dog, literally a game no one cares about. Who who is the buyer of this for $750? I get why someone bought it for 90, essentially the same price as the green box, if not cheaper. Someone really screwed up that buy it now. Uh, but you, you, there's no one to brag to, like you could show it to me and Johnny and we'd be like, Hell, fuck oh yeah, yeah, yeah Fox, sweet. Dog. but <laughs> if we found it. out you paid $750 for it, I'd be like, oh, we need to sit down and talk about your priorities. Uh, yeah, so I mean, hopefully I'll, you could catch someone slipping. You find someone listing that red box wonder dog for a hundred bucks, then you can go buy it.
0: So I, I have a quick question because you said something. You said you call all games variants, right? If they have a variant, either one can be the variant to you? Yes. Do you feel that way about stadium events?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't give me I need time to prepare an answer. Me I need to discuss this with my team and we're going to we're going to go public with a statement at a later
0: date. <laughs> okay. Also, a follow-up question, if somebody made a clone of you, would they be the clone or would you both be clones <laughs> in that point? Uh because one is the original I, and I one is the clone.
1: <laughs> I don't know if variant and clone are the exact same word I though. mean, kinda.
0: There's a first one and there's a second one.
1: I mean, which Tyler variant are you talking about? You're talking about Tyler variant A or Tyler variant B?
0: <laughs> I'm talking about the first one. The original the print. variant or the new variant? No, it's not a variant, the original print.
1: So is the original COVID-19, is that not a COVID-19 variant? Only the the new
0: variants are variants? No, COVID, well, COVID-19 is already a variant of all the other COVIDs <laughs> that they've, they've had.
1: I You were the first person that ever came to me and said like, oh no, the original print doesn't count as a variant. And I, I, I'm almost positive that Redbox Wonder Dog is the thing that, it, this that's how this all came up. And I've seen other people with that same, like, I've seen people now say, like, that's not a variant, that's the original. I feel like more people are on my side, where they're just like, if it's something different and there's different versions of it, they're all just variants.
0: No, like, there's the, you can't have a variant, like, you need the original to have a variant.
1: But, like, you could take variant minutia so much, like, you go down to date codes on IC chips. Like, are you going to say, like, it's a variant unless it's, like, the first, first, first thing off
0: the line? I mean, I you could. I, I think it's not useful to talk about things like this, but we're talking about things that are very obviously quite different.
1: I will agree to disagree with you, but I'm, I'm happy to use your terminology for the rest of the episode.
0: Uh, okay. I just... I just thought it was weird. Also, I really wanted to ask you if you had a clone. Would they be <laughs> considered a variant? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, let's talk about some in-demand games and key franchises really quick. Hey, uh, Sonic. Sonic's one of them. Sonic CD. Night Trap. You know, everyone knows Night Trap. Lunar. Kind of a big game on the system. Uh, also, because there's so many variants and it's working design. So, uh, Snatcher, you may have heard us talk about that. Popful uh, because working design and Tyler likes it. So I think that's why that's <laughs> Tyler on there.
1: Likes it.
0: Uh, and because I like it, Shining Force CD. Uh, not, uh, not the best Shining Force. It's really a compilation of uh, the Game Gear games, but pretty cool that they are on CD. And there's some extra stuff in there, too. But yeah, Shining Force. Shining Force is great. Go play Shining Force.
1: Yeah, and in terms of games that like people are like a lot of people are seriously picking up and playing, except for like I don't know the novelty of Sour Shark. I think that's like pretty close to it. I know there are people who like playing a lot of different games, but uh, I think Sonic CD and maybe like Snatcher and Lunar kind of like really big ones. And uh, do people even go back and play Night Trap? Night Trap is essentially unplayable as far
0: no. As well. I think Night Trap is more of a meme game at this point. Yeah. Um, I think it's so
1: funny that they re-released it just because like, if you haven't played Night Trap, it is so hard to play because the game is essentially watching the same videos over and over and over for hours and writing down timestamps of when things happen. And eventually you'll lose and you'll have to just start over and like use your previous timestamps. It's the biggest trial and error piece of garbage.
0: But it's historically and, important. So and I'm and sure, it's not, not to say that there aren't other like big franchises. Because we have WWF games. We have uh, Fatal Fury on here. Final Fight. Star Wars games. There's lots of big titles. Robo-leased. You know, Terminators. There's lots of big names on it. Monkey Island. Like, big franchise names. But they're not... Those, those aren't the games you're going for. Like, there's usually better versions of those same games elsewhere. So they're not the thing... That it, the the system is known for us, its signature. So if you're asking
1: NHL '94, best version of NHL '94, go get it.
0: Sure, I bet best it's cheaper version than it of ought to be. Final Fight CD, uh, that's English. Um,
1: yeah, I also think uh, people Final like the this version of Final Fight. Yeah, damn NHL '94 is like twenty bucks. Go get man, it. this game is so good, and it's on Sega CD, which is an objectively cool console. Damn, go get you get a new copy of NHL '94 in this day and age for a hundred bucks. Fuck yeah. No, it's not. It's not that great,
0: but all right, man. Let, let's talk right. about um, some on the edge games.
1: Oh yes, perfect. Your favorite collecting stuff. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll talk first about the 32X slash Sega CD games. Uh, there were a very very small amount of games that required or optionally let you use both the Sega 32X and the Sega CD a cool add-on, and an add-on that shouldn't exist, and boy, you had to be a Sega fan to own both. Yeah, so uh, Johnny, we so got... So weird that these... It is weird that they exist. <laughs> Corpse Killer, Fahrenheit, Night Trap, Slam City with Scotty Pippin, and Supreme Warrior. And to be clear, these are, uh, they're just discs. They're not cartridges.
0: Yes. And so, all these are in Uh, like an orange cardboard box, except for one Fahrenheit, which is in just a clamshell. But they like tried to do this hybrid like colorization where they like basically half of it becomes the 32X colors on the spine and then the rest is the Sega CD colors. Really, really bizarre. I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know why it breaks consistency with the other ones. Which are already inconsistent from just the Sega CD cases. I wish they would have done everything that was just done on Fahrenheit. I wish that's the route they would have went, but they didn't. So we're stuck with this.
1: Um, it is. it. I will say Fahrenheit is weirdly common. Like if that's one of those games, I'm going to go to the Sega CD section of the game store and be like, what? Fahrenheit. What the hell? Uh, it's like a it's like a firefighter FMV game, but I think the thing with Fahrenheit is it has the discs inside. There's both a Sega CD version and a 32X version inside the case. Yep. And is that that's not the case for all of these, right? No. The rest of them are purely Segas. Uh, so, like, if you really want to slice Fahrenheit alone it's into its the Sega thing. CD list and cut yeah. the rest of them out, I think you're a crazy person. I think just just throw all these in the list. I mean, come on, guys.
0: I agree. Um, so let's talk about some other like weird on the edge case. Uh, we'll get into the other one later, but let's talk about the colors of modern rock, R- rock paintings, and hot hits. XI karaoke CDs, these are actual CDs. What is XI? Like, what, what, what these are just some, <laughs> these are so weird. All of these, this is like. These are like the bonus CDs that you would just get like hey, try our stuff like when you bought something else cuz it was like a partner franchise. That's what these discs feel like. They don't feel intrinsic to the system itself. They're just like some bonus junk. Uh the XI stuff is karaoke. I mean, there's like some karaoke stuff aspect that the Sega CD was trying to push, but yeah, this these don't do anything for me.
1: Um I think so there's there are uh, arguments to be made because a lot of these are Sega CD format discs, which is like CD plus G. I think it's just some weird format. Uh, but like, you couldn't just put Colors of Modern Rock into your portable CD player. No, you could not. Actually, maybe you could because you could just like do that with Sega CD games. Like, you could put Snatcher in your CD player and just play the Snatcher soundtrack. Um, That's true. But it is—it's got like it's Colors it's of Modern Rock. To be clear, it's a it's a Sega CD disc. Uh, it boots up, you control it with your controller and it, it just plays
0: like six music videos or something like that. And it's um, awful. And it comes in, not a regular case. It comes in like a black, not a jewel case. It comes in like the style of jewel case, which is as like a clip. Like if you remember the old cardboard DVD boxes where I have like this cardboard cover and like a plastic snap that went over it to keep it closed. That's what this thing is in. It's awful. So, uh- colors
1: of modern rock is kind of rare. Is that like a mail away exclusive? Am I remembering that correctly? I
0: want to say yes, but I don't.
1: Yeah. I remember that being one of the harder things to find for Sega CD. Uh, but also it's like so easy to just say like, that doesn't count.
0: It's a music video CD, whatever. Um, I,
1: I don't even remember. I don't even know what to do with it at this point.
0: I mean, it's expensive too. That's like the other thing. It's kind of,
1: it's like a hundred, probably a little more than a hundred bucks.
0: Um, oh, you know what? This doesn't actually have the cardboard clip. It's just a cardboard flippy one. I'm thinking of something else.
1: That okay. Has that
0: ax- Oh, whew, that's way better. Sorry. Just cut all that out. It's cardboard flip case. <laughs> um, So yeah, Rock one-
1: Painting's Hot Hits is pretty similar to Colors of Modern Rock. Uh, it's I think it's just an audio sampler thing. I don't remember if it has music videos on it's it. It's a think it has CD
0: plus G sampler, and it's got yeah. great music plus graphics. So it's CD plus graphics.
1: So there are a lot of lists that include both of these, and so this was just a pack-in with the at uh, the original you f- the yeah, Sega you CD.
0: Fl- you flip it over, yes. Uh, you flip it over; it's one on one side and the other on the other.
1: Yeah, uh, and Colors of Mountain Rock was a, a male own thing. Um, like I don't know, like they both. If you're gonna include both or not, I feel like you have to either include both or not. Um, I don't know what to do with them.
0: Man, well, if you, let me just tell you that if you are interested in Little Feet representing the Mambo, it's here. <laughs> Information Society, what's on your mind walking away? Hey, it's here. Jimi Hendrix, Fire and Manic Depression. Come on. Fleetwood Mac, Chris Isaac. Man, and those aren't even the hot hits. Those, <laughs> that's just the modern rock. Um,
1: is Information Society a popular band? Uh, I think they were. Okay. Because I'd I'd never heard of them. I'm probably a little too young for Information Society. The only reason I've ever listened to Information Society is because of this CD.
0: So, and the other side, like, we don't have to cover these, but it's kind of (laughs) funny. So, like, uh, Rama is on here. Saigon Kick, The Escape Club, The Wolfgang Press. They might be giants. Chub Rock, Throwing Muses. It's like... Weird '80s prog rock meeting alternative in here, which is exactly on brand for this era.
1: All right, Johnny, I want to talk about some XI discs because I don't think anyone ever. What is XI? (laughs) So XI it comes with two karaoke CDs. There's top hit sampler, and uh, I don't remember. There's another one. Whatever. They come in like the XI box. But the XI Karaoke CDs are just CDs. Because I actually considered collecting all of the XI Karaoke CDs at one point, And I couldn't even find, like, the first two. So I'm like, you know what? This is a terrible idea. Let's not do this. Also, they're not even Sega CD format discs. They are just CDs. But the XI, it also comes with a What is XI disc. And I think that's a Sega CD format disc. So if you're including shit like Rock Paintings Hot Hits... Why not include the pack in what is XI or does none of this matter? And why are we talking about like, uh, like an introduction disc? That's a pack in for something. That's not even really a Sega CD. I don't know. I don't it, know what count I mean,
0: that's why we're on the edge I know. on this. This stuff drives uh, me nuts. Uh, yeah. This is like a really weird one. Also, if you want, like, we always talk about things that are hard to search. Uh, if you have to search what is XI, you're going to find a bunch of things where people are explaining to you what the XI is, not this fucking CD. So great. Um, uh, yeah. So it's also hard to find. It It's obnoxious in in many forms. So that's nice.
1: I will say uh, the what is XI disc is a disc I actually want. I, I kind of don't have any interest in buying a complete in box XI, but I do want the disc this is one of the longest save searches I've ever had, probably around four years uh, before I gave up on it. Uh, I think I got like one or two hits and both of them were complete in box XI consoles. So you will probably not find the what is XI disc if you're ever looking for one loose.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I was telling Tyler the times I saw it were also in a complete uh, XI and it was I only saw them in the red box version not in the regular version, but I, I know other people have told me that they found it in both, so. Uh, okay, yeah.
1: To be clear, there's two XI variants. One comes in a blue box, one comes in a red box.
0: I did men- mention that,
1: yeah. Did we? All right, I don't remember I, I, I did. That. All right. Johnny, what the fuck is Electronic Book Decoder? <laughs> uh,
0: do, how do we keep bringing this up? It's I don't nothing.
1: know. I love bringing it up because no one talks about it. I mean, because it ba- essentially doesn't exist. But it also seems like it's the ultimate set killer. So
0: I mean it's Which a set is it? Does it not exist
1: or is it the ultimate set killer? It
0: doesn't exist. I'm gonna go doesn't exist.
1: Okay, so electronic book decoder for the JVC XI. We literally brought this up, I think, last episode. Um there's a picture of this thing. It's uh it's the English version of Wonder Library, which was a... Uh, it's a cartridge for the Japanese wonder mega uh, that allows you to read eBooks, but there's a picture of an American one and it's called electronic book decoder and it has a price tag on it and not a regular price tag. It's like a garage sale price tag that says $200. And it's just like a scan picture of the front of the case. And there's no other information period about this thing. As far as I know, there's one picture of it. And it's yeah. been on the internet forever. And no one fucking has it, Johnny. Where is it? it Someone is, give it to me.
0: It is so old and weird that I forgot about it, that, like, even any mention of it, until Tyler mentioned it to me. And I was like, wait, what? And then he started talking about it and showed me the picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, this thing, which I removed from my list because I gave up on this thing.
1: So... The XI is such a weird and obscure thing. And so I don't know why this is specific to the XI and not the Genesis. Maybe it has something to do with like internal storage or something like that. I would guess it was probably canceled and never released. Kind of a similar situation to RCA Studio 2 Bingo. And now there's like, there's some copies of RCA Studio 2 Bingo out there. I don't know where they're coming from, but there they are. Uh, and maybe. The XI is even more obscure than an RCA Studio 2, and there's just that few copies of this thing that it basically doesn't exist or like one guy has it and it's more of an unreleased prototype deal. It we've probably spent too much time talking about this for entire lives because it's something that literally
0: no one will ever have.
1: Yeah, probably But go look at the picture of it, it's so cool.
0: Yeah. It it is something. It is something <laughs> it is else. Something. It is something. Um, so another thing, much like the electronic book decoder is surgical strike 32X CD. This was a game. Okay. So, so you're like, Hey Johnny, surgical strike is on the Sega CD and you were right. But what they decided to do is say, Hey, we're going to upgrade your copy of this to the 32X version to make an even more mediocre game, slightly less mediocre, but still be pretty mediocre. They were going to do this for you with an upgrade you when you bought the game it says it like right on the manual which if you know the Sega CD cases is displaying it to you right you away like Sega uh, Sega 32X upgrade You're like sweet so you could mail in this reg card that's in there and you were you were going to be sent in you know, like after a while you would be sent a copy of this CD and that never happened so what did happen so let me tell you. Uh, the the people who did fill out the reg card, and it wasn't very many, and Surgical Strike didn't sell well anyways. This was just another one of the Strike games that was, um, you know, supposed to be out there. I think there was some, supposed to be some triple pack of the Strike games, too, that I can't quite nail down. But this one was going to be like its own thing. Didn't happen. So guess what? They, uh, they sent people copies of Wirehead. But back in 1996, uh, the they they said 500 copies were sold in 1996 and this comes from the chairman of Tech Toys and these were sold in Brazil. Uh, Tech toys in Brazil is a very strong haven of Sega stuff like Sega did pretty well in America for the most part, like with the Genesis, not so well um, on the Sega CD, but for Master System, Tech toys was like huge. Genesis was huge down there, and Sega CD was still medium. But anyways, they the chairman there said they sold five hundred copies. We never saw one until about two thousand eight, when this first copy on, uh, digital press. There you go, Hi Verse. Uh, Digit Press for all of those normal people. For normal people, yeah. So all you old men out there, Digit Press. Um, but it was, it came out, this guy had it, he showed some copies in like 2008, but then he passed away, unfortunately, and the game was gone. Just lost the time until 2016 when it was later found again. But before that, in 2014, some box images would show up on, uh, a, like basically a wiki site dedicated to Sega CD games and tech toy stuff. We see some more images, Some people, there was a Japanese guy who loaded a copy, but they thought that was a non-functional repro. And then in 2017, we got an actual repro because, as I said, in 2016, that guy, the first guy who ever found it, his copy was found. They released an ISO. People say, a lot of people say it was a hoax, never released. Some people say this is real. I have no personal opinion on it. But that's the legacy of this thing. 2017. Now repros of this and the box exists because good images were created. So if you're hoping to hunt down the really rare version and you're not in Brazil, already a tough ask. But now also there's repros of this thing that exists. So the odds of you finding one got lower. Um, so good luck on all that. If you want just one, you can probably find a repro, even though those are still even pretty hard to find. So. There you go, Surgical Strike 32X CD version.
1: Okay, so the guy who found it on uh, Digipress, he found a Brazilian version, not like some weird American version. Yeah,
0: yeah, this is those all Brazilian.
1: Okay, yeah, so the Brazilian version alone is like outrageously rare. And so the guy who found it in 2016, I remember this specifically because I was tracking this like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, He really hyped up that he was relaunching Surgical Strike 32 XCD, and he tried to make it look really official. Like, not official, but it wasn't like, I'm making repros of this really rare, obscure game. He was like, coming soon, we're re-releasing Surgical Strike. He's literally just making bootleg copies of a game that he found. It's like, I found the game. I own the IP now. It was a situation like that. Um, I remember there was some confusion when it originally came out. If it was an official release, 1 million percent, uh, the 2017 version is not an official Sega CD
0: release. No. Um, and there's only been two known copies and both Brazilian have been found of this. Just
1: yeah. So um, tell. but if you're one of those weird people who says like, I'm collecting the NTSC set, uh, this is an NTSC Sega CD game. So good luck.
0: Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, just don't worry about this one, guys. But just, it has an interesting lore. There's some good videos on YouTube you can go look if if you want to get into the history. Uh, I would recommend that rather than trying to collect this thing.
1: Uh, you know what? Galdius on our Discord, I uh, better go get this. It's yeah, a tech toy and, release. He loves those anybody, tech toy releases. Man,
0: tech toy releases are awesome. There's so many awesome Genesis cardboard box releases. There's Mega Drive or uh, not, Ma- like Master System cardboard box names. Tech Toy has some sweet stuff, but getting stuff out of Brazil, uh, to America just forget it it's so hard um uh, like for everybody who did what an amazing journey you took but that was uh I I didn't want to fight that constant uphill battle so I never went that far all
1: right Johnny should we move on to super cheap games that you should buy sure cool all right um NHL 94 guys 20 bucks Sega CD game in the big jewel case yeah easy uh sonic cd johnny i think is 60 dollars, so maybe not super cheap
0: you can get the um, packing game version for 25 if you are not really buy the packing
1: version um uh, get the cool version sonic cd is such a cool game i would have called sonic cd probably in the top three sonic games until sonic mania came out um and then kind of sonic mania does a lot of things i like about sonic cd but kind of better Sonic CD has like these really huge labyrinthine levels with branching paths. Like it is such a game that you cannot just play through once. Like there's so much little things to discover in Sonic CD, but like kind of the alternative is just like, just go play Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania has some really cool fucking big levels too. True. Um, And then road Avenger, I would say is my favorite Sega or my favorite FMV game because uh, it's a game about driving an anime car and most of these FMV games are just like the arrow appears and then you press it. But for some reason, when you're driving a car at low frame rates, uh, pressing the controls with the arrow, it actually feels like you're driving the FMV car, which is not something a lot of the Sega CD FMV games actually do. So I like road Avenger a lot. Uh, so also, gonna- hold on. Let me, uh, let me go double check that. I don't know if that's a cheap game, Johnny.
0: Okay. Might well, have to I- scratch that recommendation. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you some cheap games. If you're into the echo series, uh, they're pretty cheap. You can buy, find both Echoes. That's Echo the Dolphin and Tides of Time are on here. Real easy. They're like $20, $30 games. Not bad. The Weirdly, the pack-ins like Soul Feast is a cool one to get. And uh, Sega Arcade, the five-in-one pack-in. Also like really cool games and pretty cheap that I would recommend for this system. Which is kind of sad that they're the packing games, but pretty cool. If you like Timegal, that this is on there. I know Tyler doesn't, but Timegal can kind of get expensive now too. Get so. the fuck out!
1: Um, yeah, Road Avengers like easily over hundred dollars. I don't know why I even really put that there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's Road- a cardboard box game that's always wrecked. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wanted to throw this out there. Like, do we have? I forget if we still have this section where games that are actually like uncommon or are hard to find. Yeah, we had that. Okay. Um, I meant. Oh, we, we're still coming up to that. Okay, never mind.
1: Nope, oh, we already went through it. It was basically just exactly what you would think it is. We okay. talked about Red Box Wonder Dog. What do you got?
0: Oh, I just wanted to say Jaguar. Uh, I forget the What is the full name? I want to...
1: XJ220? Am I yeah. getting that
0: right? Yeah. XJ220. You got it. So that game is pretty hard to find, um, especially complete in box. I will throw a special shout out to all of the cardboard box games just because they're so easily trashed. If you can find it, finding nice cardboard box games... Sometimes isn't very expensive, but finding them nice is uh, a feat into itself. Finding them at all can be tough, but keep an eye out, especially this is like where conditional rarity like matters, I think, in the cardboard box games. Uh, Yeah.
1: And so I didn't want to bring up something like that uh, just because I feel like like I agree like Jaguar XJ 220 is a hard to find Sega CD game. But I didn't know if it was just gonna be like, oh, when I was looking for it, there was just none for sale. There are zero complete inbox copies on eBay, but I go into completed listings and there's like a couple that sold for like forty bucks. Yep. So not
0: not too expensive. That's why I wanted to bring that yeah, up. Like, it
1: seems like uh if you're looking for deals on Sega C D, just bide your time and wait for the weird stuff like this to show up.
0: Yeah, and but as Why are you recommending
1: reg- these? Aren't we talking about oh, we're talking about games you should buy, not games yeah. you should play? Huh? Yes. Oh, okay. but
0: yeah, Jaguar is one of those ones where I wouldn't be too sensitive about the condition if you found the box because I think it doesn't show up often enough.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, recommended games. Yeah. I think I already said my favorites. You, you uh, mean, recommend Snatcher, everything else is expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Snatcher and Popful Mail. What a surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're cool I, games.
0: I'm going to tell you, uh, and I've talked about this on a previous episode The Adventures of Batman and Robin. The game is fine. It's not exactly what you'd expect. It's not the same as the Batman uh, games on for animated series game on Super Nintendo or on the Genesis. It's its own thing. So it's a unique experience. But it also has an episode that you can't find of Batman the animated series. It was like unique to this thing that they fully animated and voiced. Pretty cool. Uh, so I, I like that aspect of it. How much is that game? I think it's like 100 bucks.
1: All right. I mean, that's that's expensive, but I just want to say, I bet Futurama on Xbox is more expensive than that right now. I'm looking it up. Yeah. And basically, the only claim to fame of stupid-ass Futurama is that it has a Futurama episode on it, right? And I don't know. Are they're both good shows. I would still give the edge to Batman the Animated Series over Futurama. And you're telling me a unique episode in a much cooler game, because it's a Sega CD game, and it's cheaper than Futurama on the Xbox.
0: Yeah. and. Oh, for some of these, you can find for sub $100. I'm, you know, I'm seeing like a $75 ones that have sold for like $60. I would even put that in the not too expensive when we're considering Sega CD games. Like, if you can get a Sega CD game, especially one that's like kind of cool and unique and it's a major title, like Batman and Robin isn't some unknown quantity. The animated series is a big deal. Uh, You know, it's called not the animated series, it's called The Adventures of Batman and Robin, and it's got a like a rogues gallery cover. You can't go wrong here. It's my All recommendation. Right.
1: What else uh, we got, Johnny? Collector stuff? Collector
0: stuff. Yeah, let's get into these uh, corner case Variance. nonsense and variants. Woo. Let's talk about Night Trap. Should we talk about Woo! at least four variants of Night Trap? <laughs> sure. So Because, uh, hey.
1: I mean, I imagine if you don't give a shit about Sega CD, Night Trap is probably in like your top three games that you might buy anyway.
0: Yeah, like Night Trap is the game you've heard of. Uh, So uh, so
1: Night Trap, uh, launch title, originally released in a cardboard red box, one of the, the awful cardboard red boxes, and it did not have a rating on it. And then after the congressional hearings, specifically about games like Night Trap and Lethal Enforcers, and I forgot the other one, it was something stupid, like everything that Joe Lieberman was going on about um they put a rating on the red box so there are at least two versions of the red box one with a rating one without a rating i don't remember which one's rarer you can decide which one's cooler depending on whether you think it's cooler to have the original release or the one that they had to change after a congressional hearing i think they're both cool to have johnny
0: yeah i i have both because i'm dumb uh yeah no i do too definitely
1: super cool um then there's just a blue awful blue awful. cardboard box night trap so we didn't even talk about these uh oh, man i think the talk Sega about City games look really good that. on the
0: shelf Talk about the blue cardboard ones real quick.
1: Like, about- how many are of these are there? There are some Sega CD games that didn't come in the blue jewel cases. They came in blue cardboard boxes, but there's only, like, seven of them. or There's, like, barely
0: any of them. Yeah, I want to uh, say between five and seven is correct.
1: It just feels like the, a cheaped-out packaging version of Night Trap, which already came in a cardboard box. Uh, it's much actually like, better packaging. Oh, it's, yeah. It,
0: it's better packaging, but it feels worse somehow.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't understand it either. Who uh, how do collectors work? Um like really like good thick cardboard, but um yeah. So there's that and then there's the Night Trap Sega CD 32X version which comes in a yellow box. And then Johnny, there's the limited run games version.
0: Oh how many let's limited talk run about versions? Those later i yeah. don't
1: even know how like many so many because there were like so variants yet you, you had to go to like the the pop-up store to get the cd32x variant of the oh my
0: god it's the memiest game in history and limited run loves it um yeah anyways there's uh, let's, let's talk about my favorite variant lunar lunar guys you guys want to talk about lunar
1: I'm so sick of talking about lunar disc variants. Who okay, cares? It's guys. lunar. The, the no Silver one wants Star. To own seven copies of the same. Team. I own I
0: own seven copies of this <laughs> game. So there's seven <laughs> copies. There's seven different disc variants. Um, two of them look very similar, by the way, uh, but they are in fact different. There are seven. Uh, the foiling on the front cover and the back cover can be different, or the lack of foiling. So. Just just know that. there, There's plenty of threads where you can go see all seven, and I'll, I'll post this document into our our Discord for our patrons if they want to see, but yeah.
1: Wait, the earliest variant of Lunar is the one that doesn't have the foil lettering? I so I have that. to go get a shitty version
0: of Lunar now, because yep. I
1: definitely have the foil one.
0: Yeah, the second variant is the fully foiled one. Oh, man. And it comes with this and like
1: one. um, like the first... <laughs> Why did you number the discs like this? So the earliest variant only comes with disc one. The second variant comes with discs two, four, and six. Yep. Why? Why doesn't it come with the discs two, three, and four? Who numbered the discs, Johnny?
0: I didn't number the discs.
1: Are the discs actually numbered? I don't care. I don't care. Don't buy seven versions of Lunar.
0: Like when I it came in, first version of Lunar, like though. when I came into uh, the Sega CD scene and was like making this list, there was already lunatics because of working designs talking about like what the disc numbering on. So I leaned on their knowledge because they were the experts. The rarest version is the seventh disc, which is like a black disc and it's got a guy standing off to the left and it's got like a red band through the middle. That's usually considered the rarest one. So that's what you can know about Lunar.
1: Uh, Also, what's Lunar cost now? Like $200? Yeah. So you're looking at like probably two grand to get all these discs because I'm sure some of them are more expensive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody cares right now um but yeah yeah you're gonna spend some money if you want all of them uh, all right what's uh, that uh, rise of the dragon is a weird one because it came in a clam shell and a cardboard box that's uh, fun yeah. wonder box, dog rise of the
1: dragon I used to think like cardboard box for Rise of the Dragon was like a top tier cool thing on Sega CD, and I'm pretty sure there's it's like worthless. It's like no one cares. Yeah, there's also there's a... one on eBay right now for sixty six dollars. There's a and, variant like, yeah, that's expensive, too. but Rise of the Dragon is like forty bucks, so it's not that much more expensive. Yeah, it's got there's the two. same like
0: ratings variant on it that Night Trap has. Yeah. So there's oh, wait, a there's varied... one without
1: the rating of Rise of yep. the Dragon in the cardboard box. Yep. Are you sure the the very the, the rating's not just a sticker and
0: it fell off? I well there's some debate about that but yeah we're pretty sure. Okay. All right. Pretty sure. Like not 100% pretty sure.
1: All right, yeah, there's two on eBay and one in solds. I'm going to say it man that's that's not super common. Go get your cardboard box rise of the dragon guys. It's a cool yeah. game.
0: If you're going to buy one, buy buy that one. Uh, also, rise the Dragon
1: another it, so. game that I played and I'm like, "Oh, is this kind of like Snatcher?" And it's an adventure game with dead ends. Uh, Snatcher does not have any dead ends, but like Rise of the Dragon, you could like lose items that you need to progress in the game. And it's like, Oh, got to restart the whole game over. I'm not about that life. Gem. Fun. Yep. Yeah. It might be a fine game. I just, I just have no patience for running around an adventure game where I have already lost, but the game won't tell me. I hate that. So much.
0: it's pretty dumb. Uh, wh- let's talk about something else. Uh, so that, like, there's also just some more variants. Okay, so there's like four different versions of sh- Sewer Shark that you can get. The, and they depends like on the not for resale like where where logos and stuff. It's not very exciting. And there's like the not for resale versus the resale version. Compton's has the same thing. There's like three different colors. Red, blue, uh red, I'm sorry. Blue is the most common, red is the second most com- most common, and then uh, black is the least common version. And then there is the, and those are not for resale all of those. And then those come in a little cardboard sleeve. And then the regular version also has black text on it, but it's different than the cardboard sleeve black text version. And uh, yeah. And the, like we told you prize fighter, there's some packings and stuff that are also not for resale that. So they've got some weird variants, but not a ton of, not a ton of huge variants for this system. I mean, Lunar is the one, but you know, you're not seeing like movie ticket variants and like this kind of stuff because this was the olden days.
1: Yeah. And there's not many games and it didn't last that long.
0: Exactly. All right. Let's move on to the next part. Woo. We're, uh, Johnny,
1: were special editions a thing?
0: Nope.
1: I can't think of a single one.
0: Uh, no, I can't well, even think of anything. I can. I can. Well, Earthworm Jim. Shut up. Fatal <laughs> Fury.
1: Um,. I mean, I guess there's like the limited run games crap that's coming out, yeah. but uh, I yeah. can't think of any. There's nothing like competition. There's no like weird secret prize mail away. Like the closest thing to an exciting release on Sega CD, I legitimately think is like the colors of modern rock, which is not an exciting no, release. It's
0: super sad. There, there's none of this uh, like, there's none of this weird. There's no Daytona net link on this system. You yeah. know, Sega CD is nice because it's pretty meat and potatoes. You can just. Go and get it.
1: Am I misremembering? This might be a, a a UK thing. Was there a demo of KO Flying Squadron in the UK where it actually had the full game on it?
0: Uh, Am I misremembering this? I don't know if you're misremembering that. I, I don't I know. I think if it I've was a that.
1: magazine demo and they accidentally put the full game on it, which is the funniest thing.
0: That would be hilarious. How much are those now, I wonder? Oh, I bet they're so expensive. I bet they're not.
1: Okay, yes. So, Sega Pro CD Magazine, December 1994 issue, came with a demo of KO Flying Squadron, which is only the first stage, but you can use the cheat codes to access the rest of the game, but with stage select.
0: That's awesome. That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome that all the data was just sitting there yeah oh so dumb okay anyway
1: uh, i bet that's rare and exciting but it's also british so i don't care johnny
0: yep i mean it would be a cool thing to have in the collection like oh, oh sure that's a fun thing um anyways so special editions uh like special editions as we're thinking about them in the modern age were not a thing there were some named ones but not really let's talk about aftermarket homebrew and everything like that hey what's going on there anything Good Deal Games, Johnny. What's that? I hate them. I hate them so much. (laughs) I can't tell you because. uh, So go ahead, tell people what Good Deal Games is. I don't
1: know what Good Deal Games is, but I've bought stuff from them. They're
0: a repro site.
1: They're like Uh, homebrew. So like ninety percent is just bootlegs or repros. But also I think they have like some legitimate homebrew and I can't really tell.
0: They but they like rip off other people's releases too. So like if you want to get like Legend of Wu Kong or um Beggar Prince or something, they will sell it to you. But okay, so they had back in the olden days, they had like full console list. Like, "Hey, here's here's what's in a Sega CD set." And they had all these games that they sold in there. So people thought like like bug two and stuff like were games. So they had like 12 games that I had to like super convince people didn't actually exist, that they were just good deal games. And like, we had to prove to people that they weren't real and then like had to prove to ourselves. Like, I mean, these don't really exist, right? Because they sell any, uh, they'll sell any bootleg. So we have to like make sure they're not just out there somewhere. So I don't know if some of them were planned games that were canceled or whatever, but they just had this whole plethora of Sega CD games that existed on a list there and just polluted list because the, even the early net, internet people were copying and those games just made it everywhere. So it just, I, I have bad feelings about them because of that.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, the, you could collect, uh, good deal games releases. There were, uh, I think some of them were like canceled games that they, they packaged up. I mean, I don't consider this stuff super collectible. Um, Like, some of this looks like homebrew. Like, Mighty Mighty Missile looks... It's basically a choo-choo rocket ripoff. That just looks like someone made a homebrew Sega CD game and distributed it through Good Deal Games. Uh, I hate the fact that because some of it is bootleg stuff and some of it might be legitimate that you kind of have to make a judgment call game by game, and I just don't like doing that kind of stuff. Um... But yeah, they've been around since literally the 90s. Their website is probably the original website from the 90s. Oh my
0: God, it's so awful. It's the website. Like
1: some of the quotes on their website, if you prefer Frogger to Doom, if you think ColecoVision had it all compared to the PS2, like it's so boomer old man carpet. No,
0: here's my favorite. So on the top, they've got like these tabs, right? And one of the tabs is chat room. Hey, welcome to our IRC. I'm sorry, you're what now?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the classic video game IRC. <laughs> yeah. I also like, if you scroll down their homepage, there is more than one full screen of cas- online casino ads. Oh, so good. <laughs> like banner yeah, oh my ads God. for online... Ca- wow. It just, it's, it's what just... a weird thing that Good Deal Games exists.
0: Man, this this casino ad is something to see. <laughs> yeah, wow. Crazy. It's just... Yeah, go look at it. Like, then there's like um, some book that they're trying to sell, Bizarre Games. Man. I think like this so book weird. looks new
1: ish. Yeah, like, not new ish, st- but like for good deal games, I'm saying. When did this book come out? Yeah, like 2016. Yeah, 2016? yeah
0: they've been serving the retro community since 1998. In 1998, nothing was retro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's when the real retro games, when people are talking about like 70s garbage. <laughs>
0: Anyways. Um, well, let's, uh, anyway,
1: that's that. I would say don't buy Good Deal Games. There was like an a alternate universe, Tyler, like a very long time ago where I'm like, I'm going to get all the Good Deal Games releases. Um, I'm telling you and people I have did since it. been, I no longer like bootlegs in any sense.
0: Bug Blaster, Battle Tech, Battle Frenzy, you are probably all over these.
1: I'm pretty sure I have a Battle Frenzy. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I'm just oh. like I, because I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be like, oh, I have every Sega CD game, including these dumbass like bootleg, uh, good deal games things. But
0: but see, that mentality is exactly what made Sega CD cool because you could go get everything. You could go as hard as you wanted. Yeah, it was so good. That's what makes Sega CD fun. But um, th- there's also in the new series, there's like limited run games. They've <laughs> re-released Night Trap a million times. Star Wars Rebel Assault. Monkey Ball Island, Ground Zero Texas. Hey guys, if you want to spend 40... (laughs) Monkey Ball Island. Monkey... The Secrets of Monkey Island. Jesus Christ, what a disservice I just did to that game. I apologize. So, here's the fun one though. Ground Zero Texas. Imagine paying $40 for Ground Zero Texas from limited run games when you could just buy an original copy of Ground Zero Texas for $40 on the Sega CD. I
1: don't... Get it, Johnny. I don't really know what goes on over at Limited Run Games sometimes.
0: Like, was this like a package deal? They had to do this one? They're just like, sure, we'll throw it out there.
1: They. It seems like they got LucasArts games, but Uh this was a Sony ImageSoft game. Like, this is in the same vein as, like, Wirehead, I'm pretty sure. So why why do they have the rights? I don't get it.
0: I I don't know. Is it
1: it somehow, does LucasArts have the rights to Ground Zero Texas for something? Where it was, I don't know. How do uh, rights work?
0: Rights can be complicated, so who knows. So there was also, there's like some other games that were canceled that were produced. Like I think the Penn and Teller game was made, Johnny Mnemonic.
1: Well, uh, wait, what do you, hold on, what do you talk, what do you mean it was made, by just like some guy, because you could just burn Sega CD discs? Yeah, Something yes. we didn't mention, there's no copy protection, you could literally just burn a Sega CD
0: disc. True. Guys. Yeah, so there was, there was these games that like, people found code for, um, Smurfs, uh, Johnny Mnemonic, and Pen and Teller, um, and I think they, they like, burned those onto disc, and people had them, and like, John Hancock did a couple of these, and like, I think he had maybe his own game too. Like they're out there, I'm not highly recommending any of this stuff. I bought Smurfs cause I love Smurfs. Um, but you know, totally non-essential item here.
1: I think Penn and Teller is more than worth checking out. Um, it's, it's, it's unreleased, it's neat. but it's pretty much complete. It's, uh, it's essentially a joke. It's so unique. Like I'm, I'm so sad that it doesn't exist. Cause I think it'd be the coolest thing. To
0: it would be pretty city. cool if it exists. It, it, um, it was like the epitome of what the Sega CD could do, and it sadly never got.
1: It, it it really is, yeah. It's a series of jokes and pranks that you play on people. So, uh, it, it ostensibly looks like five Penn and Teller mini and they all come with an intro and stuff. But if you read the manual, it's all like how to trick your friends with like magic tricks and stuff. Because like it, it'll like one of the games is like a mind reading game of some kind, and. If you have the right controller inputs, you it looks like you're reading your friend's mind or the game is reading your friend's mind. I don't remember what happens, but it's like, uh, there's things like that. There's a, I know there's a shooter. You actually, the box art was supposed to be reversible, and the entire reverse side of the box art and the manual makes it look like an entirely different game, some kind of shooter. And uh, I don't remember. There's a way to launch the game, and it launches straight into the shooter, and the whole gimmick of the shooter was that it would be super easy for you and the game would just constantly kill player two. So it's just like, amazing. it's just a complete prank. You can play in your friends. Like you suck at this game. Why are you so bad? When the whole joke of the game is that it just kills your friend. Anyway, I, I just
0: think it was a super cool yeah, idea. Pen, like what a cool, unique idea that was. I'm so sad. Right. It's not real. And but, like, yeah. it's
1: full of like unique pen and Teller conversations. And like the, you, if you like them, you can't get enough of them. So like you have to consume all their garbage. So. Definitely go download that
0: if you. Yeah, haven't. and if you haven't checked out Fool Us, that, that's like a fun show to watch, like little bits of here and there.
1: I I, I love Fool Us, Johnny. I pretty much any time they say you fooled us, I feel like they're uh, they're basically just giving it to them because they can't not let anyone win the show. True. Like I, mean, I feel like if if they sat down and gave a list of someone like here's all the ways we think you could have done it, you probably did it one of these ways. Like then just no
0: one would ever win
1: because like obviously they know all the methods of doing magic. They've been doing this shit for They're so long. Over.
0: Like, they've been doing it long enough to have had a Sega CD game that didn't make it, okay?
1: Like, D- in, like, 1993 or something, yeah. yeah.
0: exactly. <laughs> that's how big pen and into- like, yeah. Also, uh, um... But it's still so a good show. One, they, they create uh, good stories on Fool Us. I, I enjoy it. Like, the narrative I do love
1: I mean, I love magic in general. Uh, it's such a nerdy thing to love. Um, I don't like in Fool Us, uh, there was some kind of uh, close-up coin guy, and I saw another video of his trick and like clearly in the other video, the other video was like legit and you could see like, okay, there's like some gimmick to the table he's using and on Fool Us, they uh, they edited it to make it look like there wasn't a gimmick in the table. Like was, there's was clearly camera tricks going on because they wanted the magician to look better on the show. And I don't, I don't like that. Like, come on. If the whole reason is that like, Oh, can the audience spot the secret and you're going to use camera tricks to cover up the secret? Like, fuck you, editors. Come on. Okay. If they can't if they can't fool me, they can't fool me.
0: That's right. I also love that they have just like reoccurring character people that come on that are just good magicians. And they usually never say that they fooled us, but they like show you a pretty cool, cool trick. That's, uh, yeah. that's a that's a weird aside into that. But yeah, Penn Teller, pretty fun.
1: Uh, also, if you go and look at Vegas shows, there's like three magician shows that were off. Uh, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like Shin I mean, Lim
1: is there. The dragon guy is there. And there's like another guy who's there.
0: Yeah. It, it's definitely a launching platform for magicians right now.
1: Anyway, that's our, uh, that's our magic talk. Yeah. Uh, me and Johnny, sh- big fans of magic and Penn and Teller.
0: Yeah. If you want to know what an After Dark episode sounds like, that was pretty much a mini one right there.
1: <laughs> uh, man, have you seen Penn and Teller live, Johnny? Oh, my God. There's uh,
0: so I have not. I was supposed to, and we got canceled out of it. I
1: Johnny, was, go yeah. see it. goddamn it.
0: Maybe next time. All right. Anyways, uh, let's talk about accessories. Were there accessories and stuff for this? There was magazines. It uh, there was like the same <laughs> basic okay. Sega magazine. JVC
1: XI controllers.
0: Yeah. I mean, there. there <laughs> like, is an accessory. Yeah. There are tchotchkes and stuff. There was like Sega bags, but it was just general Sega paraphernalia at the time. Sometimes they slapped... Sega CD and like Welcome to the Next Level on it and stuff, but nah, not really. This is it's not like really yeah. a big thing with it. Um,
1: Uncommon games that aren't expensive yet, I think, is going to change month by month. Um, yeah, I mean, I I ser- I love searching for this stuff when I'm going for a set. Uh, I just look at. Like just chop off like the top 10% of the most expensive games and chop off the bottom like 40% of the cheapest games and then just keep hammering eBay looking for what's not available and you'll have a pretty good idea of like, oh shit, this is the game I need to get before like there's a really big drought on it.
0: Yeah, like Jaguar that we're talking about. That's like a perfect example. I like I would say that's actually rare, but um, you know, you're going to find it for uncommon pricing.
1: Uh, like I remember when I was uh, buying Sega CD games, there was like a huge drought on Wild Woody. Did I already say that fucking? No, I don't Wild think Wild Woody, Johnny. Uh, there's a Cadillac and Dinosaurs was a game
0: that like I didn't find for a while.
1: Uh, mini set on Sega CD, Johnny. Uh, set of uh, games with boobs. Wild Woody has boobs, and uh, Panic has boobs. Are there other games on the Sega CD that have boobs? Um, I don't know. Cartoon boobs so. in both cases, to be clear. Hmm. Maybe uh, not a very mature set to collect, but uh, people do like the nudity. You usually get a big bump for video games when they have nudity. And,
0: That's true. In price, N- what Night Trap has got to be on there, right?
1: <laughs> no, there's there's literally no objectionable content in Night Trap. I don't understand it. That's another thing. Like we we need to make clear, just because this is an overview, Night Trap is a controversial game because United States senators are fucking dumbasses. If anyone has ever played Night Trap, there is no like violence against women. It is closer to slapstick, stupid humor than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,. I mean some of the scenes I get like some of the ideas I guess could be objectionable but the way it's presented is so stupid yeah I, like, it's, that's it it's the also too stupid to play the idea of
1: attacking a house full of girls is the objectionable thing but the way it's presented is like secret agent you must be monitoring this because the power rangers putties are coming into the house and you need to use the zany traps to make the stairs turn into a ramp like come on Congre- Congress considered this Congress! I mean, I know like they vote on bills without reading the bill and all that, but you couldn't watch like, you literally could not make a minute clip of Night Trap that makes it look like an objection.
0: No, movie. but they were protecting the children for all them <laughs> American moms out there, and that sounded good. It made for a good soundbite, and that's all and, like, they care about. It's, this game so came out gross. in, what,
1: 1992? Did, did I miss like the 80s and all the horror movies that came out in the 80s that are like the goriest, like most ridiculous things that have ever been created.
0: But it's always, and it's always whatever. And love them. Tyler, it's always whatever's ruining the children. It was that rock and roll music. <sighs> then it was them movies. And then, then they could move on to video games. It's just whatever. They just regurgitate the same idea onto the next platform uh, to get votes, to to appeal to that that demographic who's always going to be outraged by that thing. It doesn't matter what that thing is applied to. The, the idea of whatever is hurting the children is the idea.
1: If you're not jaded by your party's politicians yet, it's time for you to get jaded and realize that all politicians are just bullshitting.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I uh, usually don't like to get into politics, Tyler, <laughs> as you know. But yeah, politics are stupid. Politicians are dumb and the our whole system is, is ridiculous. And if you if you can look at it and then not like shake your head, I don't understand. So, anyways, let's move on quickly before I, I burst out screaming.
1: Things you should watch out for, Gianni. Woo. Uh, things like, like streams or that good old PAL stadium events that you might actually spend and might accidentally spend 30 grand on. Yeah. Whoops. Um, which is not a thing that happened. I'm just saying. Uh,
0: I would say one of the things to look out for is repros in in the sense that you can just burn these CDs like pretty easily, but usually you don't have the same styling of like that old school print that made these discs. So they should be pretty easy to tell apart, but just be, there a are little repros careful. to be clear though. Yeah. I've
1: seen people, I don't know if they're like light scribe discs or something, but yeah, people have made not convincing, but, attempted yeah. to pass off fake Sega CD games,
0: yes. Absolutely. So you should look... And there was, for a while, there was, like, some good cases because uh, people started making repro cases. Which, tower you want to tell us about these things? Because that's, like, really the biggest thing, I think, that you should look out for on the system.
1: Uh, not repro cases, like, the actual jewel cases we're talking yeah. about. And yeah. so there's there's two major ones. So there was... Uh, there Like, people know the guy who did this, but there was a guy... Who wanted to make base reproduction Sega CD cases, which are also Sega Saturn cases, some PlayStation cases. It's like one big, stupid case. I mean, unless um, you get
0: into the actual measurements of like what whole sizes and things that these aren't all the same case, but they generally do all the same thing.
1: Yeah. And so he I mean, this was like just some guy and I'm pretty sure he went through a pretty big investment. He had to like have a minimum order quantity, had to get all the tooling done. And he literally did this at the same time that limited run games was doing the same thing, which is so funny. Um, So this first, this guy had his first run of cases and like, they're so cheap. It was like $30 on prime for like 12 jewel cases, which like your alternative is like buying a mint $30 Sega CD game. And now you can get brand new ones for like three or four bucks each. Um, I don't, I don't know if they still exist, but that's what they were priced at. And they were really bad. Uh, yep. I forgot I th-
0: they fell the inner inner black yeah. tray fell out
1: I didn't I didn't buy them I only have the limited run games once
0: um, I got one from a friend just to test it to see how, okay so I can look
1: yes at it. so the black tray I think is missing the uh the compact disc logo and the tray like falls out that was the problem with the first run so we had to like go back and change the tooling to fix it up for a second run and I don't remember what happened with that is that still on amazon I don't know. Yeah, those so are you those can are still two you can sets s- of. Let's
0: go ahead. Y- you can still buy them. Um, there are replacement game cases. There's a ten packet. It's still the second run, and it's sixty dollars. Which, if you really needed Saturn cases, like, is not the worst price.
1: So, like, I think that price is killer. If, like, I was a person who was going to uh, use use these cases, like, and be happy with them, like, that I'll be totally happy. That's so much cheaper than buying new games the problem is and i'll just say that the third one is limited run games made their own tooling as well and uh they put them they have sega cd releases and sometimes they put them on like other just random things
0: hey and uh you know i'm just gonna say real quick plug for our buddy GameRave tv he did a review of these so go check out his youtube or he did a review on the amazon at least i'm sure it's probably on his website where he compares these and looks at them so go check out his
1: yeah, you should be subscribed to GameRave already. What do you guys do? Yeah. Um, if you hold a limited run game Sega CD case and a real Sega CD case uh, in your hands, like I was worried that I would have to like find some minute difference to pick them apart, but like it is immediately clear, like different plastics, different uh, fit and finish. Like they do not feel anything alike. Um, so the biggest threat is that someone has already replaced like that popful mail is actually in like a limited run games case just to make it look like it's super mint. Um, but if you have like 10 Sega CD games to compare, like, I think you would easily be able to pick out any repros you have. At least that was my experience.
0: Yeah. So my, my concern with these is I don't think, uh, grading companies care about this. So I don't know if they're looking for that and like, mentioning it. And that that's where I worry. Like on higher graded stuff, I'm like until proven otherwise, cause you're not going to be able to see the inside differences, which are going to be the most important and you're not gonna be able to touch it. So I'm, I'm going to be worried about that kind of stuff.
1: I agree. Also, don't grade or buy graded jewel case games complete in box. Um, I hate jewel case. I could talk all day about jewel cases and how I hate them so much uh, just because if you go like a jewel case is not just a jewel case like that is not e- if you're on that level like we need to have a serious talk about the different weights of plastic the different types of plastic because you cannot go and buy a pack of 20 jewel cases on Amazon and start replacing your PlayStation games why not you you could but the jewel cases you buy on Amazon go weigh them they probably weigh nearly half of what your PlayStation game jewel cases weigh and there is don't have the same exactly scoring identical.
0: on the side and stuff. Like it's it's much different.
1: Yeah, when you get into like things like logos and stuff, like forget about it. Like you could potentially find something that has all the logos that match up, all the style that matches up, but modern manufactured jewel cases just have less plastic in them, so they are cheaper quality jewel cases. So there's so when it comes down to replacing jewel cases, I don't think there is a really good legitimate way to do it. I mean, it's fine if you do that, and you're just like, "I don't want cracked bullshit in my collection." Like, yeah, I would. I don't want cracked bullshit either. Uh, I go much more down the route of buy some new old stock N sync CDs from the '90s, which will be yep. high quality jewel cases manufactured by Sony. They're perfect replacements for your uh, PlayStation. Absolutely. So that's you're kind of what I was for Sega CD, but, uh, yeah, but regular on, jewel cases. Just go buy some new old stock garbage from the '90s.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, make sure the manufacturers match up. Like, make sure it's uh, Sony branded. Um, Music I mean, Sony makes so, you make so much music there. that you, yeah. there's so much you could buy. It's super easy. You make sure you get it from the uh, from the 90s. Yep. And uh, let's see. Anything else you want to talk about in that? I think that's good for that. Uh, hey, let's talk about what's the current outlook for the system, and how do we play it now? Are, is there a mini for this? eShops? ROMs? Retrons? Like what, what's going on here?
1: Uh, no one plays it we're uh, we're good. If like the game that everybody knows about and is from a company that is willing to milk it milk everything Hideo Kojima has made for all its worth, uh if Snatcher is not getting re-released, no one cares about anything on the Sega CD. Yeah.
0: So uh, there I- I is say- no
1: outlook. The outlook is you boot it up in Kega Fusion, I guess, which is uh I- probably the best emulator
0: for it still. No, I mean, well, maybe, but you can also play it on the PolyMega. Like, native. Oh,
1: okay, yes. Uh, Polymega. And you don't even need a fancy thing, right? Because it's, nope, it's a it's CD thing. It's a so it CD. It just, just,
0: just works. Just put it in there. You can lo- download it into your system. I can attest to this. I have done it. Plays just fine. Tyler's seen video of it. It's good.
1: I, I, I trust Game Rave TV on YouTube for all my Polymega content. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And he is 100% dedicated to, like, feeling out the nooks and crannies, Tried to mod the controller, like... Go check out Game Rave. Like, seriously, what are you doing? Go go look at Game Rave. I
1: think the fate of modern Sega C D is in the hands of whatever one guy at limited run games is like, hey, we should release some Sega CD games. Because yes, they've like they've wanted to release Night Trap as a meme, and they finally released an actual Sega C D version of Night Trap, and they got more stuff. If those are selling well enough and they wanted to take it further and do something like release an unreleased game or release something new for the Sega CD, probably the future of Sega CD is in limited-run games' hands because who the fuck else's hands is it in? Not good deal games, I could tell you that. No idea. Yep.
0: So, yeah. It's probably just dead. Don't worry about
1: it. Sega CD is fine as it is.
0: There, There's not a super lot out there. If you've got a Polymega you know what the cool games are, <laughs> go get your Snatcher and uh, your Sonic CD and maybe a couple other ones that feel good to you. And I think you're going to be good.
1: Uh, yeah, I uh, pretty much agree.
0: All right, so that's pretty much it on the Sega CD. Um, there was a bunch of canceled games, too, for this, and there's like a weird demo. There's like a, a Dragon Slayer demo that popped up uh, we talked about Penn and Teller, Brain Dead 13 was supposed to be on Dark Sea Dark Sea 2 which are like HR Geiger stuff, Discworld, Aladdin Dragon's Lore, uh Grandia which is an RPG, Indiana Jones how cool would have that been? Last Action Hero, Monkey Island 2, that would have been sweet. Mist, come on, Mist was going to be on this. Super Star Wars mean, was going to be on there? <laughs>
1: If I saw Mist on Sega Saturn I'm like, "Oh great, it's yeah. Mist on Sega Saturn." I know.
0: I but like I just like seeing missed on things. Super Star Wars is the one that was like, for me, like, oh man, they weren't going to make a Super Star Wars on this. Would that have been cool? Would, would we have got FMV? That would have been sweet. And then Total Carnage on here. The weirdest one, though, is Ultra Core. And that's weird only because it finally showed up. It showed up on the Genesis and on the Switch. It was a game that was released, but it was originally planned for the Sega CD. You huh. can go play it now. You can even get it, I think, on the, the like the eShop on Nintendo Switch. And you can play some ultra core.
1: I think ninety-eight percent of these are just stupid ports. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Heimdall 2 exists anywhere. It does, it's a it's an Amiga game. So Pen and Teller Smoke and Mirrors is really the only thing we lost
0: here. I'm just thinking about all the sweet FMB. Ultracore wasn't released on any other system until now. Okay.
1: See, like that FMV stuff, like that is like where you could see like limited run games. They like go track down the the guy who owns the rights to some weird FMV version of Super Star Wars. Like if they release like that, if that exists somewhere, like that would be the coolest fucking shit.
0: Well, and like if they did just Darkseed and Darkseed 2 just for the Geiger stuff, I would have I would be in on that. Like even this uh, world, like
1: yeah, are you kidding me? Unreleased Sega C D games getting an official release, I am so uh, in on
0: that. In in immediately.
1: Yeah, as long as it's not a bootleg good
0: deal games thing. Yeah, so what what about Surgical Strike 32X Sega CD version? Are you in on that?
1: Uh if it's like a licensed official thing, yeah, cuz I just want to keep my set complete.
0: Yep. All right. Anyway, so uh that's it for Sega CD and now we can move on to the next part of the show. Tyler, do we do we want to answer any questions today?
1: We sure do, Johnny. Um, All right. People are asking, what do you think about that WADA pop report?
0: Oh no, is that? Do we have to do a whole episode on that, or can we? No, just- No, we
1: absolutely don't. It. I Thank just God. didn't want people to think that we forgot about it. Okay. Uh, I'm just not very interested in it, so I didn't even
0: bring it up. Okay. Also, this is
1: going to be released in like a week, so no one's going to care anymore.
0: Yeah the the pop report happened, and there was some surprises, I guess, and then a lot of not surprises because, like we already know the stuff that's mainly getting graded. So the fact that all these other systems have like low grades, it's like, well, because the bulk of the grades are going at Nintendo. Uh,
1: yeah. Like I, like who, how many people are grading Game Boy Advance games? There's like fucking 1500 or 2000 Game Boy Advance games. However many there are, like there's not a big enough sample size of people who care about that many games. It's just a weird, there's not enough information to really care. Uh, and guess what? Guess what the most graded Game Boy Advance games are? It's like six different Pokemon games. Like, whoa, Whoa, great. shocker. <laughs> the Pokemon
0: games got graded?
1: Uh, It's crazy, yeah. Uh, would you believe it? Uh, people are grading a lot of Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation, Johnny? Weird. Whoa, hey. lots to read into there.
0: Can you tell me if there was any Little League baseballs for the GBA graded?
1: Uh, are there, Is that like I a Super rare no game?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of rare, yeah.
1: Okay. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go check for you. Oh,
0: you're gonna go check. All right. Sweet, sweet. Um little
1: there are zero graded. Oh. There are two Disney's Little Mermaid magic and two kingdoms graded though.
0: Oh that's that's fun. (laughs) Um what about um Sega Rally?
1: Oh what for the G B A. GBA Yeah, Johnny. There's no graded. Okay, I think so that, that someone has a sealed one of those, though, right? That's a yeah, super rare yeah, game, but I'm pretty sure they. That's it's one not. Of those games it's not. Like it's not actually super rare.
0: It's not, okay. super rare. it's not super rare. It's available. Uh, my point was like you could also check Ultimate Beach Soccer. Uh, just saying, like if the rarest, like. If the hardcore on GBA aren't in here, then, you know, it's just the the spec crowd, the the big name Pokemon. Like, I'm sure we'll see some like the Mario Advance games getting graded soon. Like, that's the kind of stuff we'll see. graded.
1: To be clear, there's only 417 games graded. So in GBA. So you could find a ton of things that aren't graded.
0: Yeah. And I bet they're mostly Pokemon. And then the rest are like some Mario, maybe a couple Sonics.
1: Okay, and it's like the the GBA, uh, like the NES games Like Legend oh, of the Zelda classics. Classic NES Series is one of the most graded games What a surprise um, The most graded GBA Game, Johnny? What do you think it is? Uh, I'm it's gonna a, say it's Emerald Not a landslide Um Yu-Gi-Oh! The Sacred Cards
0: Oh, wow, why?
1: Mm. Followed by Six Pokemon games in a row <laughs> Cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to
0: what to take out of here I, I mean, I think because that Yu Gi Oh one was one that they could buy uh, pack fresh.
1: Yeah, I mean, that. yeah. There's there's clearly some games that are that are at the top of list just because it's like, well, that's the one that's available. I bet like there's a decent amount of uh, subterranea on Genesis. Yeah, there's 20 of them graded. Uh, actually, Genesis is uh, Genesis is pretty weird because I think Sega Genesis games in general are kind of rare. Uh, so the ones at the top are like super case pack games, like Sonic. The most graded game is Sonic Two with 130, and the Makes next sense. most graded is 78, and then the next most is 57. So it's just like everyone sent in Sonic Twos because that's all they got.
0: Yeah, yeah, nothing right. shocking. So the Pop Report, I, I will say this: it's nice that more of the Popper's port is coming up. Like that's cool. Like I am for information in the collector's hands uh, as much as. I don't think pop reports are, like, you know, I don't think it's going to have the effect that people want because, like, right now, they, there's so little information. There's not enough all of this great. So people could be like, oh, only one in the pop report. Ooh. Like, just shut up. Like, of course, there's only, like, one or none in the pop report. Get out of here with that.
1: I mean, that's, I I definitely see a lot of that. Like, here it is, guys. It's it's the, the pop one GBA game no one's ever heard of. Um Yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't think there's enough information. Uh, get the Greg Games. I'm sure is going to do a three-hour video on all of this, and all the people who actually care will just go watch that instead. Yeah, <laughs> just join what that What do we Patreon. have to say about yeah, this? Nothing. We have nothing. Um, if Nintendo had been a British company, would we all be collecting... Would we all be? This is... I can already tell this question is off-base. Would we all be collecting the original UK releases for Famicom and Super Famicom instead of turning down our noses at them? Parentheses except
0: Tyler. Mm. I mean, <laughs> that's like such a big, weird what if because the space in which that would have to have existed, like that, then we have to revise all of video game history because then somewhere in Europe becomes the center of video games instead of Japan.
1: It does kind of require like an entire alternate timeline. It's not like a one company change. It's like the entire history of video games has to change for this to happen.
0: Yeah. So um, I think, yeah. In that sense, like we would be like, Oh, like these are the original for like, but like still everything's still so American centric. Yeah. People are getting more into foreign stuff and like original prints are. there's more Tyler's than there was uh, a year ago. Unfortunately I mean, I for popped
1: Tyler. I like what, like, Two years ago, so yeah,
0: three years ago, Uh, before COVID. Before oh man, COVID. yeah, it was because it
1: was the it was the Super Mario that really kicked it off. So I guess three years ago now. Yeah, I became a new Tyler popped out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's more of you now than there used to be. Sure. Um, yeah. So like, uh, but still, everything's pretty U.S. centric, and collecting and other hobbies is still shown to be like pretty U.S. centric, even when uh, there's other options available. So I don't. I don't think so. I, I think we'd just be in whatever the boat is we're in now is the same boat we would be in.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm accepted from this question. Cause yes, I would obviously go after the British versions. Then it would be uh, a much more interesting conundrum though. If well, they were all like 50 Hertz versions, like would our, whoa. would the U S versions have messed up music or would like, would something be messed up about those versions? Like, like would those run at only 50 Hertz and then our version of Castlevania runs at 60 Hertz? Because if that's the case, then like, then I'm in a situation where like, I feel like I have to own both because there's a contemporaneous original version with the best version. And then it's like, well, it's fucking Castlevania. So I got to own both of those. And then I'm going to do that for Mario. I'm going to do that for Metroid. I'm going to do that for the Adventures of Lolo
0: 3. like. And I, I uh, know I know the question was specifically British, but imagine that Nintendo, like, if you're a British company, like, Europe is a much more tighter knit like America is so large and it's one big country, but Europe has to be more connected. So they wouldn't just be like releasing English versions of games. They would have to like, we would still have all the the pitfalls of Powell releases, but just maybe in a greater thrust. Like, hmm. so we, we would have this kind of problem and yeah, I, I don't know. Europe causes some different issues. Um, and I think more people would be kind of accepting of these versions because you would get a lot more English versions of games. So you could be like, well, I can play it. And I, I think maybe the propensity to be like, look at this, uh, it's got English on it. So it's good, you know? Um, cause that does happen in like within the PAL community, not to say that English is better, but, uh, the university, the universality of the language, uh, Amongst uh, many European co- uh, countries, means that games that have English and may not have the home country's language get a preference. So British ones, and then oh, I'm going to mess it up. I want to say like the Netherlands releases that also have English uh, on there. Like those usually go for a premium because of because of that. Because not every language in Europe is represented, and so many of the countries speak English. So th- there would be some weird. Other issues and you might get some of that, but, um, I I think you might have more cross collecting than we do now, but I I still think just the universality of, uh, the English language and like still being the hub of collecting would push through.
1: All right. I think it's, uh, safe to say we're happy that Nintendo is not a British company, so we don't have these problems. Uh, Johnny, uh, got another question from Clearvis unless we want to go. Tiger Wolf asks, who's your favorite new kid? Um, I am too young to even know who the new kids on the block are.
0: Oh, uh, you could look it up.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to have a favorite one. I've, as far as I know, I mean, I probably have heard, I don't know a single new kids on the block song.
0: Um, have you heard the Weird owl parodies?
1: I'm sure I have.
0: The white stuff, which is the parody of the right stuff.
1: Great. I don't know their names. I don't know their personalities. And I don't know who's the cutest one.
0: So, who's the cutest one? I I don't know. I want to say Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, we'll go with Donnie Wahlberg. There's a Wahlberg there, right? I think there's, I think Jordan was like the big one. I don't know.
1: I said, you can go to, they got a 2022 concert tour. Boy, it's weird seeing old man boy (laughs) bands. Clearvis says, what game were you most excited about that was a huge disappointment when you finally got it, either from a collecting or gameplay perspective?
0: Let's see. I mean, early on, like I, people always say like Zelda 2 and stuff like that. But I always liked those. I always liked the, the second games, even Mario 2, Zelda 2. Were there hmm, really, Were
1: there people at the time? So I wasn't alive. Were there people at the time who didn't like Zelda 2?
0: I think so or like it was a departure so they didn't like it as much I'm trying to think of something that was like super disappointing for me that I played and was just like oh
1: I can't imagine getting a new fucking Zelda game and being like oh it's a little bit different oh oh this new Zelda game sucks I hate having a new Zelda game. The only time I was ever like that in my entire life was when Skyward Sword came out because it did
0: suck. But Zelda 2 doesn't suck. Let's (laughs) say Skyward Sword. Yeah. I'm going to go with you on Skyward Sword. What a disappointment Skyward Sword was. Uh, What a good answer. Yeah.
1: I'm like contender for the most disappointing game of all time, I think. For for me personally, because I've never seen like, I think there are, there are. Things you could say are like, oh, this is maybe a bad Zelda game, but they aren't a bad video game. And I think Skyward Sword is in many ways a bad video game.
0: I, I mean, the tutorial section is so rough.
1: Yeah, it's like 50 hours long and then the credits yeah. roll is crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Castlevania 64 was also really bad. And that was like a huge disappointment because I was so excited to be in 3D in Castlevania. And it was just not, wasn't it? It wasn't it. Uh, Uh, collecting wise, I've said it before, but that Baldur's Gate special edition, I was so excited (laughs) that I was getting like all like the computer games and like, like a cool special edition. And just to get like tchotchkes on the side. So stupid and lame.
1: This was a switch release or it was a computer release. Just remind the audience.
0: It was a switch release. And this company had like all of that. It was like, uh, never winter nights or not never winter nights. Uh, what it was. Baldur's Gate one and two and then
1: Icewind Dale planescape uh, tournament something like that
0: yeah yeah well, that's sounds about right um, and there was like special editions and of each game individually or you could buy like the four pack and it was going to come with like some other special special stuff and the games all just came loose in like a box and then the bo- that was a box of tchotchkes. so it was just the retail and games and separate.
1: then a the, box the of problem stuff. is there wasn't an overarching box it was just like oh you wanted the games and then just like all this shit right you're going to yep. use all this shit?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> dumb. Collector's so, Edition
1: stuff exists to make the Collector's Edition box bigger and heavier. We don't actually want that shit, guys. Come on, get it together.
0: Yep, you could put a brick in there and, and carve in Special Edition. That would be awesome. But just put but put a box around it, okay? And make sure the game is in that box.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's a physical version of the game. I don't want no DLC code. Yeah,
0: no code. That shit doesn't count. Get out of here.
1: Um. I mean, again, we've talked about this uh, most disappointing game besides maybe like Skyward Sword, uh, maybe like from like I'm an I'm hyped and buying this game specifically. I think it's Eye of Judgment, Uh, total just not interested in that game. Also, Pain, uh, the the other reason I bought a PS3, neither version, neither reason I bought a PS3 was very good. I I had very bad taste in games back then. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, From a collecting perspective, uh, most disappointing collecting thing, what immediately comes to my mind is Limited Run Games Night Trap, which uh, the big box PC release, because I'm the guy who got that, I guess, uh, is a big box PC game. But the big box PC game, it's like a standardized size limited run game big box PC that they use for other things. So it's not really the same size as a traditional big box PC game. It's a little bit smaller. And then they just threw a jewel case and a loose poster in it. And there's not even a manual. It is the laziest piece of garbage release of any PC game I've ever got. That's pretty,
0: pretty. You know what game I was super disappointed in kind of recently? It wasn't that it was horrible. It just whatever it didn't do it for me it was the Last Guardian.
1: That's I don't like know. A team. I never played it. it it's, looked- a, it's a
0: Team Ico game. So Shadow of the Colossus, obviously yeah. Ico. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just uh, did nothing for me.
1: Yeah. I, was I judge. Really pumped uh, for it. I judge books by their cover, and that cover didn't look good to me.
0: Uh, I mean, it also <laughs> took forever to come out. Like it got, it got pushed out. So so many times it got delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and then like my enthusiasm just came and then when it came it wasn't like like it was delayed forever and then you didn't deliver the best shit ever like then what was the point of delaying it like what did it look like before this mediocre game that I got so, anyways alright is that uh, it for questions or do you have, do you want to do any more
1: no that's it Johnny we got what are we we're like three hours in the show it didn't feel yeah, like it but it's somehow we are here <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a So You Want to Collect episodes, so there's a lot of things to
1: say. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Um, all right, so let's talk about, about, talk buying about what, and what we're playing, Johnny. Absolutely. Hey, Tyler, are you playing anything? I uh, played a little bit more of Elden Ring. I think I'm towards the end of it. Ooh. I don't know. I just I just killed a frost, a fire giant in the like the frost giant zone, like on a mountain. I want to call it a frost giant, but it was a fire giant in an icy area, which didn't exactly make all the sense in the world to me. But, uh, yeah, I just did that, and then I went to some, like, crumbling city, and now I'm, like, that's where I am. I'm doing that. Okay. I'm I'm proud of you. Still kind of chugging along. So, yeah, that's what I played. (laughs) Did
1: you buy anything that I I, can relate to here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about all the things I bought. Um, Okay. Oh, well, shout out to Mr. CIB, who is a patron and... uh, I'm not sure if he's exactly on Instagram. I got to check to see if that's his right Instagram name, but he got me a PS5. So that was cool. I I paid him for it, obviously, but he found one and, and shipped it to me, which was really nice. So I have a PS5 that I've been too busy doing my wife's office stuff uh, to like go out and kind of appreciate. And plus I've still got Elden Ring that I'm chugging away at, but uh, yeah, I've got a PS5 now so I can eventually play PS5 games. I'm hoping to... I haven't even set it up. I haven't taken it out of the box. I got, like, a new controller for it. I've got the PS5. It's sitting in the same place as as the day I opened it.
1: Great. Man, it sure is exciting getting new video games and consoles as an adult. It's just like when we were kids.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I told my wife, I was like, I'm just gonna sit here. Well, because the minute I, I open it, I'm gonna want to, like, spend a lot of time. And I just, I know I haven't had the time, so I don't want to create a disappointing experience for myself. I want to do it when I, like, Really have the time to appreciate it. But anyways, I got that. Um, hey, I got some movie ticket variants. Are are you excited? for? Oh,
1: I mean, I think they're pretty cool. Sure. Yeah.
0: Fantastic four for the PS2. That, that really do it for you?
1: If I, yeah. Johnny, if I was collecting like modern stuff and I hadn't tried to like cut myself off, I would be all about like movie tickets and weird inserts and slip covers, just like you're going after right now. Because yeah. that's like the good stuff.
0: Yeah, so I got Spider-Man 3 Special Edition, because that that's a slipcover. Woo! PS2. That, that's like, I, I think since the last episode, that's like really all I kind of bought. I, uh, no, that's not true. I bought uh, Death Star Inceptor for the uh, the ZX Spectrum. Whoa! Yeah. Pretty that's cool. Like yeah, it is a Star Wars game. Pretty cool. So I I didn't buy a ton of video game stuff. I've spent a bunch of money, but like the PS five, the bulk of my video game money went there. And then like all the stuff I've been buying from my wife's office has really been like eating that money. I got King Kong. I think maybe I said that last time, Laura Croft, angel of darkness with a movie ticket. That's what I've been looking at. Like movie ticket variants for, for the PlayStation, like slip covers, dumb stuff like this. I found a really interesting, uh, like a Canadian variant for finding Nemo. And it's got like the manual in there. And then it's got like another black and white manual in there, but it's got like Good a stuff. photocopied cover. I'm like, what is this? And it's only in Canadian releases that I've seen. And I've only seen a couple of them. So you can go check that out. It's like a $10 item if you want it, but $10 shipping. Cause it's come from Canada. Tyler, tell me you bought something neater than I bought.
1: <laughs> um, Oh, I, wait! You know I did. I got uh got that first print Super Mario Land, Johnny. Oh, hey, um, green
0: green screens.
1: Uh, nope. There are three different versions of the green screens. One, uh, I got the earliest one this time. Okay. Uh, so the warranty on the right side of the box uh doesn't have like for sale and use in USA and Canada. Uh, nice. So it's it's less. It looks like less warranty info on the side. And man. The later versions of the green screen box sure seem a lot easier to find because I spent a while looking for this Um, VGDB. There was a really uh, nice one. I forgot it was like box only or something, but one came up and uh, we both saw it and I let him have that one. And it's been like months until one has come up now at a price I was willing to pay.
0: But there is another one on eBay.
1: So it feels like I wasted my whole time searching through dozens and dozens of Mario (laughs) boxes.
0: Link me, link
1: me. Okay, um, uh, I don't know I, the rest of the stuff no one's going to care about I got a, a Warcraft shareware I got Duke Nukem 3D shareware uh, and I upgraded Johnny let me tell you I upgraded to just the nicest crispy A2 FS1 manual on Apple 2 for my cassette version first release of the game not the first release early release of the game though
0: did you buy a flight simulator yet? <laughs>
1: This is a Flight Simulator. What do you mean, Johnny?
0: No, you're you're the one from your childhood.
1: No, I don't have a Flight Simulator 98. I'm waiting for the right copy. I think there's multiple variants. There's one that says has a bestseller sticker on it. I need to make sure I get the one that doesn't have the bestseller sticker on it. Uh, But yeah, A2FS1, for those who don't know... It is the the original version of Microsoft Flight Simulator made by Sublogic before it was even called Microsoft Flight Simulator. Woo! Oh, it's so good. Oh, this early manual. It's so hard to find the the really early manual that went with the tape version, Johnny. Oh, it's so nice. And like six people watched it. It was a buy it now. And like six people watched it before I saw it. And I'm just like, you fools. You didn't buy this and just got to buy it out from under all of them. Oh, just uh, love that feeling of just screwing over those people who were just... Click and watch instead of buy, Johnny.
0: <laughs> you did it, Tyler. You did it.
1: Uh, Johnny, do you want to know what I played? Because I played a couple I do. dozen games here. Oh, did you? Um, Johnny, I played every single Fairchild Channel F game. <laughs> oh.
0: I, I told you this privately, but my first set was the Fairchild Channel F. Uh,
1: Johnny, uh, so I didn't play every game. There's a lo- There's more games than you would expect that are two-player only. Man, so I I think that there's plenty of charm to be found in very old games. There are a ton of really good Atari games. Like, Kaboom on Atari is an experience that is 100% translatable to 2022. Literally within, like, 12 seconds, that game is fucking awesome. Uh, and you can't do it on modern systems because you need the spinner control because it goes so fucking fast. Uh. Man, maybe the Fairchild Channel F is the worst system ever made.
0: I did not find one good game, Johnny. Holy shit. Hold on, you didn't like number three? Number three is awesome.
1: I liked Video Whizball is okay. It's an air hockey game where you shoot at the puck, and every few seconds a new puck appears on the board. So there's always like a ton of shit going on. That game was pretty fun. And it's even single player. And it's like, it's just a Pong game. But you know what? Pong is pretty fine. And I'm I'm saying it now. Basically, Pong is the best game on the Fairchild Channel uh,
0: F. Man, set killer I'm, or uh, system seller.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, so it has that weird. I, these were all in an emulator, to be clear. I don't have the a Fairchild Channel F. But it has like that weird controller where it's like a triangle at the top and you twist the triangle and you can push and pull it up and down. So it has, like, unique controls that I was worried would make it a problem to emulate this system. And, like, a third of the library are games that use literally one button. There's a shooting game where your gun is in a fixed position and a target falls down the screen. And all you do is press the button to shoot your bullet at the target. So it hits it when it falls down the screen. You don't aim. You don't do anything. It's just a one-button game. There's a bowling game where the ball just it just like goes back and forth at the bottom of the screen and you press the one button to roll the ball. Why do I have all these crazy push-pull twisty controls if there are games that use one button? It's a really bad system. Uh, my least favorite game is Sonar Hunt, which is single-player Battleship. No, not Battleship versus a computer. Battleship... Just alone. Just the computer hides the ships, and you find them, and that's it. Oh, such a bad console.
0: It it is pretty awful.
1: All right. Oh, another thing I that drove me up the wall. There's a game called Pinball Challenge, and like. I'm in shitty old like video pinball on Atari like it's it video pinball on Atari 2600 kind of sucks but like whatever it's pinball I'm there for it it's not even a pinball game it's just breakout it's a breakout ripoff god damn it Fairchild Channel F truly garbage what the, where's where's my angry video game nerd video on it this is this is truly uh something that does not deserve to exist Johnny
0: like I said it was uh it was my first unintentional set uh I bought it and. You know, I, I found it at a garage sale with all the games, and the guy was very pleased to tell me like how he had all of them, and I was like, that's cool. <laughs> and then I uh, I sold it for much more than I bought it for. Uh,
1: yeah, Channel F games are kind of expensive now. It looks like they're coming up on like $100 each or something.
0: That's crazy, because I think I, I bought it for like $50 for everything, and then I sold it for like $500, and I felt pretty good about that.
1: All right, so I'm looking at my favorite Channel F game, Video Whizball. There are four cartridges, and all of them are $250 dollars buy it
0: nows <sighs> Oh, my God.
1: Whack. Actually, there was a complete-in-box one that just sold for uh, $200. <sighs> Jesus.
0: Yeah, I mean, collectibles are insane. What are, what are people trying to do here? All
1: right. Is Channel F collectible? Who knows?
0: I mean, everything is collectible <laughs> now. You said you weren't going to talk about interesting things, and you talked about the Fairchild.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I talked about Death Star Interceptor, so not not super interesting, but not very common. Um, anyways, is that it for the episode? Are we done here?
1: I guess we so. Did
0: we did it! Hey! Hey! Alright, so thanks so much for listening. That's been your look into the Sega CD. So you want to collect Sega CD? We did it! Thank you so much. If you want to find Tyler, where can we find you, Tyler?
1: Uh, I'm on the Instagram. I post something on Instagram today. Uh, And the video game Sage. um, Default gen. Default. G-E-N.
0: And I am Johnny underscore Ayuchi on Instagram. And uh, you can find me as Johnny on our Patreon, which you can join. Or on our Discord, which you can... Get access to by joining our Patreon for as little as $2 or as much as $6, but $4 is the sweet spot. So uh, if you want to do that, hang out with everyone on our Discord, including Tyler, where he is also posts post a lot. So uh, if you want to do that, come join us. If not, same great stuff for you each time. Thanks so much for your support. Regardless, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you next time. Bye! <laughs>
1: That is our show. If I took notes while editing, I lost them. So no errata this episode. Thank you to 8bit, 8 He does our intro music. And thank you to the patrons Richard, patron number one, Bowden, Canadian variant alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jacksvick, high end collector, Andrew Brim, Greeting stranger. I'm not surprised to see Andrew Shelton around here. 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre. Video games were meant to be slabbed, Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky, Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, the strictly limited, super rare, Bruno, Batcat Collector, Chris Jackson, Chris SNK, too many NES accessories, Morozek, Johnny's GBA hookup, Coffee with Mr. Saturn, playing with power, Connor Strange, the last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, unpunched hangtab, Dustin Beagle, he has returned to judge this city, Eric Addison, man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, another vinyl collector, Grizzly X Bear, the actual Shino Jasonic the Kid, Jeff the Game Boy Farris, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shadows, Joseph Garris, he's just out there having a good time achieving his goals, proud of me. The Nintendo Tape Archivist, Joseph Leo, Lance Lord Hardstyle Style Z, The Degenerate, Matt Ball, Mr. CIP, get your loose Genesis carts out of here, Funkoland Employee, Platform Agnostic, read the game shark, the Famicom Box, Retro Game Enthusiast, they could beat Ghost and Goblins twice. Sheffish, vintage video game connoisseur who knows they're better than modern games. The Fuzzy, Sean, the Gamer Collective, the New Craft who could beat Mega Man without the pause trick. Previously unknown variant, Tim Walker from the internet, Todd Fisher, can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic, The Millennium. Will Joe, Keeper of the Zelda variant, 0 X Def code. getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't, all caps! No gods or kings, only Andy Lancaster. What a 9.8, A++ Benji The Actually Rare, Bird Dog Gaming, dropping the Mario 64 Penguin off the map, Brandon Chalker, Brandon Rogers, his favorite episode is the wrestling episode. Christopher Piper, still shaking from what he found at Goodwill, still finding deals in 2022, Colton Murphy. A winner is him, David Green, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show, Don Libby, the hero of time. Double Ugly presents Double Ugly, the official game of the movie. Actually understands the Zelda timeline. Jeff Pierce, he is error. Jeff Russell, Jeremy Jarvis here for the Pog Talk. Joe actually plays his game. pity video game art collector because video games are art. Justin Tachio, lateral movement. Who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up? Michael posted in the Discord right now. Chiara Monti, Nancy Holenbach, pro skater. Nick the Video Game Database Morgan, Homebrew Mastermind Divertov, The Other Guy Who Collects Korean Releases, Peaceful Games, Dungeon Master Reed Stubenick, The Promoter, Retro RPG Podcast, Tom of Obscure Variant Chaser Chase, and he knows all 97 Nintendo games, 32 bits or less, do the math! Andrew, actually collecting N-Gage-O Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president Chesno, all your base are belong to him Colby, he is Sinistar Hagen Does What Nintendon't, Danny McArdle, who thought this was the Retronaut's Patreon, The Modern Database, Danny Gomez, The Philatelist, Dork Overlord, My Childhood PlayStation Idol, Game-Rave.com, Joseph Rogers, Got 50000 on Double Dragon, Collector of Everything, Including Atari, Kalen McAteer, <laughs> Noah Nintendo. <laughs> No one in ten dogs. Chikanti. That's it. I mean, you have the dumbest nickname, but I think it's great. Sam. Sega. Mark. Three. Marks. Sean. The video game Illuminati. Lacroix. And Hegemon of the Geek Empire. Valdor the Great. Thank you guys so
0: much.